This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. I am definitely ready to be clapped by the North American internet because uh, it, it keeps happening. My upload speed is never consistent. I'm having a tech come again tomorrow. This is an ongoing problem. It's too cold. It's fucking too cold. I would never move to Canada. I live in the American South and it's still too cold for me here now. I might. I might move to Mexico. It might be more more my style, to be honest with you. But enough about me. Let's talk about this fantastic show we have for you tonight. Geraldo has given some legal advice to the Brian Laundry. Is that his name? The punk ass kid who is missing the suspect in the murder now of Gabby Petito. Geraldo's legal advice is hilarious. Trump had to have the Supreme Court explained, explained to him. This wasn't when he first became president either. He had to have the Supreme Court explained to him before the 2020 election because he kept talking nonsense about what the Supreme Court could do. Republicans have introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. They have called him brain dead. Understand the Supreme. Uh, It comes with guac and sour cream, as I understand it. Or she's the oldest witch in a coven. I don't know what the fuck my cats are doing over there. We are eight days now, nine days away from the government shutdown and the debt ceiling. So no, we have not defaulted yet, but it looks like Republicans want us to. You're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from Ryan Grimm, who is incredibly boring in his role as the co-host of Rising but knows his shit and will break down the debt ceiling talks for us in about eight minutes, I believe it was. I've got some wild-ass footage out of Spain of a, of, of a volcano erupting and lava going into a pool. We've got, we've got video of Bill Gates being asked about Jeffrey Epstein and getting really uncomfortable. Ron DeSantis has a love letter to the Constitution. And by the end of the show, we're going to see a puppy make a new friend. But first tonight, I swear I do not do this. This is just the first post on my Facebook. (laughs) After I reset, after sharing out the video of the show, I swear to God I don't go and find Dan Crenshaw posts on purpose because I actually think I have this speech ready to go for later in the show when we talk about the border crisis. But just in case anyone was unaware, I would give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. 
We're going to start off to ah, start off tonight with some exciting news out of Vanderbilt University. My ad block has been updated. <laughs> why? Why is it that everybody always goes to when I have an argument with somebody? Is like just get over it, and fuck them. I do not want to fuck Dan Crenshaw. I, I'd fuck that eye pussy. Nothing, nothing romantic between me and Dan Crenshaw, though. I have standards. Even though the U.S. Congress doesn't, I have standards. Well, yeah, I fuck. Look at me, I fuck. Vanderbilt researchers discover ultra-potent antibody against COVID and variants. Vanderbilt University Medical Center says technology it developed has led to the discovery of an ultra-potent monoclonal antibody against COVID-19 and variants including Delta. BUMC made the announcement on Wednesday saying the antibody can neutralize against SARS-CoV-2, the virus behind COVID-19. The research was published in Cell Reports earlier this month. Researchers explain the technology behind the discovery is called Libra SEQ, or linking B-cell receptor, and the fucking technical terms going way over my fucking stoner head. Or linking B-cell receptor to antigen specificity through sequencing. Uh, Libra SEQ was developed by, it could be Libra Sweck or whatever. Developed by 2019, was developed by 2019 by Ian Setliff, PhD, a former graduate student who now works in the biotechnology industry. Speaking of biotechnology, finally the U.S. is doing something good for the rest of the world. If not a little too late, the U.S. is set to donate. 500 million more vaccine doses to lower income countries. I guess this comes after criticism of the boosters being promoted by the administration against the advice of the FDA. We're arguing that we need to do more to provide vaccines to other countries to ensure that we don't get a worse variant pop up. The United States has lost more than 670,000 of our fellow Americans. Worldwide, deaths are actually going up. We're at like 1,900 a day. I said like 1,500 yesterday. We are at 1,900 a day average. Global tragedy. And we're not going to solve this crisis with half measures or middle-of-the-road ambitions. We need to go big, and we need to do our part. Governments, the private sector, civil Where is the reinstitution of the eviction moratorium? Where is the uh, uh, supplemental benefits, the pandemic assistance for unemployment? Where's that at, Joe Biden? I know the progressives are pushing for it. The squad held a a press conference yesterday afternoon pushing for the eviction moratorium to be reinstated. Society, leaders, philanthropists. This is an all-hands-on-deck crisis. Not you, Bill Gates. Sit the, the fuck down. Is we know how to beat this pandemic. Vaccines, public health measures, and collective action. During the first eight months of my presidency, we have worked aggressively to get Americans and the world vaccinated. 
As president of the United States, my first responsibility is to protect the American people. And I'm proud that we've gone from 2 million Americans being fully vaccinated when I took office in January 20th. To How many doses of vaccine have we wasted, sir? Counting today in America. But we also know that to beat the pandemic here, we need to beat it everywhere. And I made and I'm keeping the promise that America will become the arsenal of vaccines as we're the arsenal for democracy during World War II. We've already shipped nearly 160 million doses to 100 countries, more than every other country has donated combined. America's well, we should. Half a billion we're holding on to the intellectual property that I've announced before for profit. Summit in June have already begun to ship. Today, I'm announcing another historic commitment. The United States is buying another half billion doses of Pfizer to donate to low and middle income countries around the world. This is another half billion doses that will all be shipped by this time next year. And it brings our total by this time next year. Oh, yeah, we're not in a hurry, Joe. Billion vaccines to be donated by this time next year. For every one shot we've administered to date in America, we have now committed to do three shots to the rest of the world. I want to thank Pfizer and its CEO and chairman, uh, Albert. Albert's been a good friend and has been helpful. They've been and continue to be partners and a leader in this fight. And the United States is leading the world on vaccination donations. We need, as we're doing that, we need other high-income countries to deliver on their own ambitious vaccine donations and pledges. That's why today we're launching the... Well, you met with Boris today, didn't you? Vaccine partnership. I don't know for sure that Biden met with Boris today. And with our partners and expanding global vaccine... I know Nancy Pelosi did. And as we do so, we should unite around the world on a few principles. That we commit to donating, not selling, donating, not selling doses to low and lower income countries and that their donations come with no political strings attached. And then we support... That's more of our taxpayer money going into private hands when we could have just released the intellectual property and let countries distribute their own vaccines. Vital public trust in these life-saving tools. I mean, better than what the Trump administration would have been doing. Americans who refuse vaccinations are costing U.S. big bucks as well as lives. Since the beginning of June, more than 70,000 Americans have died from COVID-19, most of them as a result of the new and highly transmissible Delta variant, and nearly all among the unvaccinated, while the human costs of the Delta surge are the most egregious... The economic costs of this surge are garnering increasing attention. I've said it all along. I've We've gone about this the wrong way. We are inflicting undue harm on not only our population, but on our economy. Increases in COVID-19 contagion trigger increases in social distancing, lockdown restrictions, and supply disruptions that put a damper on economic activity. Indeed, employment growth has already slowed. Apparently, employers are really upset that after the 
uh, pandemic assistance ended, they aren't seeing a surge in people begging for their shitty-ass jobs. This was a Bloomberg article that I was going to include in the show tonight, but I couldn't get a free version of it. And fuck you, Bloomberg, I ain't paying you money. The medical, economic, and financial welfare of 211 million vaccinated Americans is thus being threatened by the choices of 74 million eligible but unvaccinated Americans. Economists call such adverse spillovers negative externalities. Externalities arise when individuals fail to take into account the effects of their actions on other people. That's why Republicans adopting the My Body, My Choice in response to vaccines and masks is stupid. The failure of private markets to provide appropriate incentives in the face of externalities represents the classic rationale for government regulation. In this case, the relevant regulations are mask and vaccine mandates. These mandates substitute for the incentives to control the COVID-19 virus that are missing in private life, protecting people not only from the health effects of the pandemic, but the economic effects as well. Now, a story I didn't include, but I probably should have, was this young girl who was bullied for wearing a mask in school. That's another reason for the mandates. Same thing with workers. You should take the onus off private business so workers don't get harassed. So students in school don't get harassed. What kind of economic effects are we talking about, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation analysis? 530,000 COVID-19 hospitalizations of unvaccinated Americans at an average of $20,000 per hospitalization. I've seen that it's as high as thirty dollars to $40,000 on average. So this 20000 is a low ball. Cost the U.S. health system $5.7 billion. Updating that figure for early September brings the figure closer to $7.2 billion. But the direct costs of COVID-19 to the healthcare system are dwarfed by the likely effects of the pandemic on the overall economy. We have developed an economic, uh, an eco, uh, economic metric, economic, econ- I'm not sure, an Econometric model. Econometric model. I've never seen the word econometric used. An econometric model to gauge how the evolution of the COVID-19 pandemic affects economic growth. Using projections for pandemic deaths constructed by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, we compared projections for U.S. GDP based on the IHME's recent forecast of pandemic deaths to GDP projections based on IHME's forecast released in late June before the full eruption of the Delta variant. The difference between our two GDP forecasts is a rough measure of the economic impact of the Delta variant, which is gaining so much traction because of the presence of so many unvaccinated Americans. The bottom line, the Delta variant is projected to claim 120,000 American lives over the second half of the year, and this surge will reduce the annualized rate of GDP growth by one percentage point. Overall, U.S. GDP in 2021 will fall by around $70 billion. This represents a very small share of the United States' 23 
trillion economy, but it is nevertheless dwarfs the direct hospitalization costs of the Delta surge and represents an implicit tax of about one or about two hundred and ten dollars for every man, woman, and child in the country. Has it been around that long? I'm not an economist. I've econometric model. Does the Hill give us a defi- a definition here? No, it links to the paper. Econometric model. Well, fuck economists. Yeah, I'd never seen the word before, but also, you know, I I don't deal in econometric models. (laughs) So I had to, I had to, you know, sound it out and read it live on air. (laughs) The more you know. That's why I like looking shit up. Now, I kept showing a picture over the last couple of nights. This plot of data that shows this red dot right here that moved from the bottom part of Louisiana and Alabama. It's moved all the way through these states up to Kentucky and Tennessee or engulfed by it. 4,418 new cases of COVID-19 reported on Wednesday in Kentucky. Let's hear from Kentucky Governor hey, Andy Bashir. Andy, it is Wednesday, September. I didn't know he just came on. I was like, hey, it's Andy. What's up, Governor Bashir? September 22nd, we're reporting 4,418 new cases of COVID-19. Our positivity rate down a little bit, which is good, 11.66%, but still far too high. But today we're also reporting 52 new deaths. Folks, this is hitting people far younger than we ever saw previously in the pandemic. Today's list includes a 58-year-old man from Breathitt County, a 52-year-old woman from Campbell County, a 59-year-old woman from Davis County, a 55-year-old man. And we are getting ready to see more cases from Fayette County as the weather changes. It is 70 degrees here in the American South. Four-year-old from Johnson County. Close to the Gulf Coast. From Kenton County. A 39-year-old. Fall is here, and people will be heading inside. From LaRue. A 34-year-old from McCreary. And a 59-year-old from Wayne County. Remember, this virus will come for any of us. Please get vaccinated. It gives you the best protection. That's what, that's what they keep saying every time Sting walks out in AEW. Sure Winter is coming. Don't lose you or your loved ones. Wear a mask when you're out of the home, but indoors, in public. Uh, do what it takes to protect one another. Thanks. Thanks. Well, thank you, Andy. I am really worried about what the fall is going to look like as we see this red blob move upwards towards the most populous area of the country, the Northeast. California's on the right track right now, though. 
All right, let's talk about the border. Health and Human Services documents reveal incidents of sexual and physical abuse. Holy fuck! I just got attacked by cats. Never down. Calm your tits. That was wild. We got an appearance from Socrates and Maynard James Kitten. (sighs) Recently released documents from the Department of Health and Human Services Office of... Maynard! I'm trying to do a show here. He's on a mission for something. I I don't know what's going on. Is there a bug in here? Fucking shit, cats. Be respectful. Oh, fuck. And such a, such a, such a shitty story to be cracking jokes during. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you, dude. Stay out of the camera. Maynard. Maynard. <laughs> He's being wild. Fox News exclusively obtained 41 pages of documents from watchdog group Judicial Watch, which is a far-right nutjob group. I troll them all the time on Facebook. Revealing 33 instances of sexual abuse against unaccompanied minors tied to voluntary agencies contracting with the federal government. Oh, this isn't even going into uh, CBPs. Sexual abuse of children. I'm I'm dumbfounded by the in, incredulous, nasty. <laughs> I I don't even know what you named that. <laughs> oh God! The sexual abuse incidents all occurred during a one-month period between January 21st and February 25th of this year, during the time President Biden dismantled his predecessor's immigration policies. Oh, so it's just a way we can blame Biden. Twitch did that. Twitch used the words incredulous, nasty. Fox News here isn't going into all the details. We know about the sexual assault by border agents. It's quite common. That's the reason to shut down the camps. Now... Representative Maxine Water says she is pissed. Ed Clark, and I want to thank uh, Ms. Beatty uh, for the leadership that they're providing on this issue. I'm pissed. I'm unhappy, and I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. And that's so wild that I've seen so many... Republicans today say the left doesn't even know what whips are. It was the reins for the for the horses, as if that somehow justified the behavior. It's like they they want to make this pen, uh, pedantic argument. Well, they didn't actually have whips. 
Holy fuck, like that changes anything about the story. Right-wingers, I wish you could fucking feel embarrassment. I really do. We are following the Trump policy. He is the one that does not follow the Constitution and would not allow those seeking refuge to be able to petition to get into the country. Yep. What the hell are we doing here? Thank you, Rep. Waters. Witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again whipping black people. Haitians into the water where they're scrambling and falling down when all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Yes, that we probably had a hand in that it is the poorest country in this hemisphere. It is unfortunate that they and it has been preyed upon by Western powers it for its entire existence. Had to live through earthquakes. I've been working with Haitians for 30 its entire existence in the modern world. I went to the Central African Republic and I brought back Aristide after he was exiled into the Central African Republic. They have always been between Canada and France and the United States treated worse than anybody else. And so, yes, we are here and we are organized and we're saying to the president and everybody else, you got to stop this madness. And I want to know in the first place, who's paying these cowboys to do this work? They've got to be gotten rid of. They've gotten to be stopped. They are part of the executive branch. Joe Biden could just do away with their funding. Stop paying them. It cannot go on. And so I thank all of you for being here today. Write the story. Tell the story about what is going on. And let people know that they're trying to take us back to slavery days and worse than that. And the children who are unfortunate to be in this situation must be allowed into the United States immediately. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but immediately. That woman has been on the right side of history for as long as I can remember. For as long as I have been paying attention to politics. Someone not on the right side of history, I'm sure, is a man that I would give anything, anything I own to piss in his open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy. This is Representative Dan Crenshaw. I rise today because our border is still in crisis. I rise today to bring attention to the dereliction of duty by this president occurring at our southern border. Most of all, I, I rise to ask this. Can we all stop pretending? You rise to get a fucking soundbite played by right-wing media. Can we stop pretending that this administration deserves any benefit of the doubt? Pretending that it's a tough situation beyond their control? Pretending that this administration and, frankly, the entire Democrat Party have any intention of solving the border crisis? We should stop pretending... As if this isn't purposeful, because it is. I mean, when every single policy measure that you partake in results in more illegal immigration, well, then it stands to reason, using the powers of deduction, that maybe you want more illegal immigration. So let's stop pretending otherwise. While we're at it, let's also stop pretending that more than a tiny fraction of those illegally crossing our border have any valid claims to asylum whatsoever. Bullshit. We all know it. We all know that they are coming because it's... No, you're a liar. America's a pretty great place. We all know they were trained by their drug cartel handlers to repeat certain phrases that make... What? What? 
eligible for the asylum process so that they'll be given a bus ticket. And I thought he was calling them part of the drug cartel there for a second. Let's stop pretending that this isn't just a giant scam, a giant abuse of our well-meaning and generous system. Generous? Stop pretending what world do you live in, Dan Crenshaw? Let's stop pretending to listen to outlandish... Oh, oh, oh but no, 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 I will agree with you. It is a very generous system to the corporations that we prop up and just shovel money at constantly. ...causing migration or the tired old refrain of, well, it's American imperialistic foreign policy or whatever, and so let's just let everybody in. I've read a history book. And let's stop pretending that this isn't getting exceedingly dangerous for us. It's dangerous for our border agents. It's dangerous for our border communities. It's dangerous for the children being trafficked. It's dangerous for the migrants that are getting whipped by border agents, you asshole. Crime is rising. There's greater insecurity. There's a spike in COVID cases. And migrants who... Well, you don't care about any of those things. ...side of the aisle claim to care about... Well, they're paying thousands of dollars to smugglers to take them on an exceedingly dangerous journey that often ends in children dead, stranded in the desert or in the Rio Grande. The only people who... And that is how bad the conditions are that they are fleeing. Money off the ...human misery by using asylum-seeking migrants to tie down border agents so that they can move their drugs with little to no risk. And these smugglers aren't just bringing your generic pot. They're bringing fentanyl. Bringing enough fentanyl to kill every single American. He, this is just like anecdotal shit that he's Let's pulling out of his ass. That the Democrats' pro-open border position has anything to do with compassion or kindness. There is nothing compassionate about tent cities. Nothing no, 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 motherfucker. Like, you want to talk about open borders? It has more to do with my libertarian bent, motherfucker. I don't think, as an American, anybody should be able to tell me I can't move to another country. I think as a human being, I'm free to roam wherever I fucking choose. I think the same applies that anybody should be allowed to come to this shithole country if they want to. Fuck off, Dan Crenshaw. About children being trafficked. There's nothing compassionate about firing American workers for not getting a COVID shot, putting them out on the street while illegal immigrants flood into our country without even a COVID test. And then get treated to a bus ride or a hotel at the expense of the American taxpayer. And then they probably get hired. And guess what? There's nothing compassionate about allowing hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants to cut in front of millions of law-abiding potential immigrants around the world. People with actual asylum claims and real persecution are told, well, they're out of luck if they can't just walk across our border. What are you talking about? About your civil war or your religious persecution, we're out of space. The system's just too clogged up now. That's the shit you guys say. What the fuck are you talking about, Crenshaw? So let's stop pretending about all of it. And let's start telling the truth so that we can actually solve this crisis. We can start with you telling the truth, Dan Crenshaw. Not feeding your right-wing followers what they want to hear. Oh, shit. Hold on, I grabbed the wrong clip here. We are going to watch AOC introduce the amendment to cut the Pentagon budget, though. Abso-fucking-lutely. Sheila Jackson-Lee. Thank you so very much. Who's also Thank you to Chairwoman. been on the right side Thank of everything since I can fucking Thank remember. 
Chairwoman Beatty. Uh, thank you to the voices that you have heard, because these are not new voices. These are voices that have been steadfast. Uh, thank you to... The overmodulation is on their end, not mine. My audio sounds great. Congresswoman Escobar and uh, Congresswoman Garcia. Uh, we, as the Congressional Black Caucus, are the conscience and the defenders of black people in the United States and black people around the world. We are their strength and barrier. And so let me thank uh, the chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus for being able to join her at a meeting at the White House uh, where uh, I think the ultimate uh, decisions uh, and representation of where we are had to be made. I do want to say that they were sensitive and responsive uh, and listening, and we're going to continue to fight. But let me tell you why we have the credentials. The White House was sensitive and, and responsive. Let me acknowledge the busloads of migrant Haitians coming into the 18th Congressional District. Happily so. People from all over the country are calling the facility to be able to be of help. Why? Because people know the dastardly plight of Haitians. Not that it is not a great heritage, a great country. They fought alongside of us in the Revolutionary War, in case any of you did not know. They have always been our allies. That would be most of America. Now in a critical collapse, assassination of their leader, uh, the horrific... That the U.S. probably had a hand in. ...and violence in the streets. Good people that need help. And so we must be at that point of helping. And let me say these points in terms of what we hope that we will see. First of all, the Haitians should be defined as stateless persons. Many of them have not been to Haiti in a decade. They've been in South and Central America. We thank them for that opportunity, but there is a collapse that has caused many of them to flee. In fleeing, one can question whether they can go back to those countries that are not... Natural disasters. One has to determine whether or not... Instability with the government. Like, I don't... Do they even have a government at this moment? I know there's an acting president. ...can be declared stateless, and that we can provide uh, the State Department and others to craft a more humane and responsive... Uh, action for them. In addition, a relic, Title 42, exists. And the Biden administration is using it. What the fuck is wrong with them? It was created to give those who were riding on horses the comfort, I can do this. And who are these people? I've never seen this massive numbers of people of dark skins coming across uh, the border in this number. Have to understand these crises meet people in their place. And so the border has been safeguarded by Border Patrol and CBP and treating people in a right way. In this instance, actions by some created the narrative that is hurting these people who are just fighting for justice. Title 43, I asked for a suspension of it. Yes. It is discretionary. It is related to the... I thought a court... Uh, and... It can be monitored. I, I, a court reinstated it as as an appeal is going through something like that. Like it was held up at one point in time. And legal way for families uh, and uh, those who are elderly and those who are frightened and afraid of violence. Let us create that way uh, that we can handle this. I know America can do it. Don't take the narrative. Of those who want to demean... Oh, we can. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Will we? No. Not at all. We take the forlorn, the worn, the oppressed. The Statute of Liberty has never bent her head 
she still stands. And so we as a Congressional Black Caucus and all of our allies, we're so grateful for you because this crosses racial lines. We are standing here with a rainbow of people. We will not tolerate it anymore. And we know we can work with this administration because there's a caring heart there. Let's do the right thing and let's begin to move Haitians in a way that stateless people are treated around the world and let us suspend the moratorium, uh, excuse me, suspend uh, the deportation by putting a moratorium on Title 42. Notice how Dan Crenshaw, all he had was xenophobia. There were no proposals. There were no uh, suggestions as to what to do. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee actually had proposals that will help the situation. So, Dan Crenshaw, can we start? Can we stop pretending that you actually care about these issues and aren't just trying to appeal to your shitty ass base? Your base, which is people like the people that watch Gutfield. Gutfield had a discussion about the border. Tuesday, everyone. It's great to see Joe Mackey is on today. He looks surprised to be there. <laughs> well, Joe, I had no idea you were such a thrill seeker. <laughs> no? No, not really. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. All right. So it's no longer... This show is a train wreck. ...unmitigated border disaster mega crisis. Wait, are you not going to introduce the rest of your guests? Just the one dude that looks shocked to be there? Like, I think Cat Temp, for whatever the fuck her name is, was sitting there? It's a super spreader event. Where are the masks? Why aren't they six feet apart? What do they think this is? The Emmys? (laughs) Which raises the obvious question, how did it get this bad? Well, it's simple. The media does its best not to cover bad news when their guy is in office. Or in Delaware. It's all they're fucking talking about. What are you talking about, motherfucker? That's been one of the top stories other than the uh, girl that got murdered by her boyfriend. Media holds the reins. Allegedly. We'll get to that. Now, Fox covered the border under both Trump and Biden. And the fact is, we'd all... <laughs> the the extent of Fox's... The, I can't believe this is a 16-minute long segment. We're not going to make it all the way through. The extent of Fox's coverage of the border during the Trump administration was leading up to the 2018 midterms when they tried to fearmonger their audience into thinking like there were caravans coming in order to, you know, drive... There's a xenophobic... Viewers out to the polls. And Harris, totally clueless about the border if it weren't for Fox News' amazing coverage. If Trump were in charge, you can bet all the networks would be covering it like the Kennedy assassination. They'd be patting themselves on the back with one hand and doing God knows what with the other. <laughs> Instead, they buried this story like just... That's a weird thing for a host on Fox News to say. How many people in your organization have had to step down in disgrace... For having their hand somewhere it shouldn't be. Doing things they shouldn't do. Including Roger Ailes. What Biden does with a Prevagen pill in Joe's morning scone. <laughs> so it takes Fox News to shame the crummy media into doing their job. Consider this. More than 12,000 migrants are packed in a refugee camp. In America. A camp. 
Remember that phrase? They do sound reluctant. That Donald Trump was going to put people in. Like, are we supposed to laugh here? Is this funny? Except it took them to elect Biden so they could get the camps. Just like that famous Republican tyrant, FDR. And it took the media to elect Biden. Joe and his 1 p.m. nap. Not the 8 million more people that voted for him. wondered if there was a way to get the media to finally care about the border. There is. You flip it so that we Americans become the monsters. Then their heads turn so fast they'll need a chiropractor. So out comes a story that the Border Patrol on horseback were whipping Haitians trying to enter the country. I've been talking about the treatment of the migrants for quite some time now, ever since I've had a show, to be honest with you. Gutfilled. So the media is now all over this story, spreading this unchecked manure like a professional landscaper. They know if the story can be wielded as a weapon against America, they'd do it, whether it's true or not. When it comes to hating America, the Taliban... Story wielded as a weapon, somebody on Fox News is saying to us. That those aren't whips. As they're trying to... See? See? He's doing it! He's like, but those aren't whips! They're whipping them with the reins from their horses! Those aren't whips! I don't understand the point! What difference... And he... Like, look how smug he looks as he's saying it! Jesus Christ. The media is now all over this story, spreading this unchecked manure like a professional landscaper. They know if the story could be wielded as a... I think they were supposed to laugh there. ...whether it's true or not. When it comes to hating America, the Taliban has nothing on these clowns. Initially, both the DHS secretary and the border control chief explained that those aren't whips. Aren't Devo approved. ...control the horses, which may make sense. It protects the horses and the people closest to them. But don't tell that to the media, who can only react to images that inflame them. Remember Covington? Who needs contact context when you have one inflammatory moment? Here's but that... Border patrol the whole video is the same thing. Nothing changed my opinion. Border patrolmen of trying to drown horses in the Rio Grande. <laughs> now, you know what? It's been a while since I rode a horse. Kentucky Derby 2004. <laughs> I came in eighth. Turns out you have to be on top of the horse. <laughs> but even I knew this story was kind what, of... were you up the horse's ass? Sindor of PBS described the Border Patrol as seemingly using whips before asking Jen Psaki if they should be fired. Seemingly. Yes, they should. PBS is seemingly a news organization just because they have three letters in their name. Even if, even if those letters stand for pure <laughs> But I guess... It'll probably be bleeped at home, but you can figure out what the BS stands for. <laughs> but the suffering of 12,000 wow. didn't matter until she found someone in law enforcement to smear. Yamish, it's all good questions. We just saw this footage. Um, it's horrible to watch. Um, I, I just have to get more information on it. Again, April, I don't, I don't have more information on it. I've also seen the video. I can't imagine what the scenario is where that would be appropriate. Oh, I can imagine the scenario. But enough about my Golden Girls fantasy. <laughs> In it, I'm tied up, and each one has a writing crop. Maybe I should have just stopped with I have a fantasy. Remember the good old days when reporters actually used their brains and their feet and ran down a story? Yeah, neither do I. Now they just see something online, and that's their source. It's a common thing. Ignore a big story because those images undermine your political side but embrace one image because they can then frame it any way they want. 
So run with the image, ask questions <laughs> later, call it... Cup- he is literally describing the Fox News playbook. All right, people, we're journalists. We've already reached our conclusions. Let's go find some evidence. <laughs> oh, we've got a skit in here. And I checked all our sources, Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's not good enough. Better double check Twitter, too. <laughs> And once again, we're not talking about substance or policy or anything. He is framing the stories an attack on the media, their competition. Identifies as a cat. Doing the exact thing he accuses other outlets of doing. Uh, He's cold, he's alone. I presume he's some kind of war hero, maybe a Vietnam vet. Pretty good. Definitely looks homeless with that haircut. Certainly not somebody who owns multiple homes. And, uh, oh, and they love those lines about multiple homes. A bunch of people under a bridge. I've had to post the pictures of Bernie's houses and say, like, do these look like mansions to you, dumb fuck? And so this whip story also snagged ABC, who prior to this didn't give a crap about the border crisis. There are alarming images from the Texas border tonight. The White House pressed on them today, calling the images horrific. What were some border patrol- And I am sure that ABC has covered the border. Yeah, it's called their job, Muir. Try it sometime. <laughs> turns out, turns out he's a- Hey, Gutfeld, your job is to be funny. Try it sometime. the second dumbest man on CNN. I'll let you figure out the first. Goes all in with the slavery analogy. We really are in the throes. And I know they hate Stetzer, Setzer, whatever the fuck his name is. And but I also think they really hate Don Lemon. Don Lemon is probably their number one, right? That should make you pay attention to a problem. As an image, to me, it does smack of a bygone era of slavery. Aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely. You may be drawn to the desperation of the man trying to escape. Others, in the desperation of keeping our borders safe, of what I believe the former president tried to depict as a brown menace at our border. None of this, none of it, is new. And it is not isolated. Nope, 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 nope. This is new if you mean the hot garbage spewing forth from your gaping lying pie hole and i don't blame i don't blame this jackass for not covering the border he was too busy defending his corrupt brother and trying to save his job on a network hooked up to a respirator and in grave condition don't let his brother near the network so instead of gutfeld is using a lot of profanity what does he think his show is the troll patrol outrageous image i use profanity and yell about the news sir that's my shtick. I guess we should be... I guess we should... I knew it. I knew it. Of course it's the black man. Of course it's the black man. ...create by getting Biden elected. But it has nothing to do with compassion or journalism. They just found a way to do the story so it's not about the White House, but instead evil law enforcement. It's about Americans trying to do their jobs because the administration and the media, they won't do theirs. And now you watch the hacks in government suddenly changing their tune. Images have come out of Border Patrol agents whipping Haitian immigrants. So my question to you, do you think that's a humane way to treat migrants? Uh, you are assuming facts uh, that uh, have not yet been determined. To ensure control uh, of... We saw the videos! ...are used, but we are going to investigate the facts to ensure uh, that the situation is 
as we understand it to be, and if it's anything different, we will respond accordingly. Any mistreatment Alejandro. migrant is unacceptable, is against Border Patrol policy. One image. So you see my point? No, there's video. The press or Mallorcas had cared about the crisis while we cared about the crisis. All that footage we showed. You know, if they followed this story and the government had acted, we wouldn't even be dis- All that footage you showed in 2018 in an election year, and then all of a sudden that footage that you started showing again right after Biden got elected. It was like January 20th, a switch flipped, and all of a sudden there was a crisis at the border. Now, in fairness, numbers have gone up because Trump is no longer in office. Doesn't mean our policy is any different towards them. This story, because unfortunately, fact is, this is just about seizing a story that suits them. They found a boogeyman, a cop on a horse, and that's all they needed to pretend to care when they really, truly don't give a damn at all. How many times you mentioned Antifa in the last year? Tonight, yes. He always knows where his laptop is. Oh my God, Eric Trump. Eric Trump. Oh, this is going to be fun, isn't it? She's so bright. Someone else named Kat is too hungover to look at her. Author of the new book. She looks shocked to be there as well. He's the man of a thousand faces. He definitely looks shocked to be there. Comedian Joe Mackey. Opposites attract is a nice way of saying her husband never burned down a reform school. Fox News contributor Cat Tip. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. All right, Eric, to the important questions. How do you think my sock choice is today? I, lo- I like your socks, Greg. Look I'm not so I've got sure. elephants on my socks. You know? He has co-opted the Misfits skull on his clipboard. I feel a little weird wearing them today. I thought I'd get that out of the way because I noticed you were staring at me and wondering what the hell is wrong with this person. A little bit. Yeah, little that's bit. okay. What do you, why do you think the media is, is... I didn't even notice his socks. What were his socks? I was, I was, was and, and by fascinated by the Misfits skull. Last week, the Biden administration droned a family of 10. That's Drone. true. They took a Hellfire missile and shot it at a family. You do not get to make... They want to demonize law enforcement who's You do not get to to make that critique, Eric Trump, because you never said a word about all the people that your father droned. Literally because they can't control a problem that they created. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible. It's amazing to me, cat cat number one. You'll be cat number two. I mean, I was first. Yes, but in your life. Yes. Well, go ahead. Yeah, but she's a guest. <laughs> yeah. So she gets number one and you get number two. Yep. Okay? Or you can go sit in your room. <laughs> All right? I don't want to get any back talk from you anymore. Seriously. She has her own phone. She has car privileges. And yet, she's constantly here complaining. I Some... need too much advance notice for the car, though. I like to live <laughs> a little more free-spirited than that. But it's not like you even drive the car. Not well. No. Cat one, I apologize for cat two. <laughs> I will laugh at jokes that are funny. I've not heard a funny joke yet. Months and months of all of these disturbing uh, uh, visions, images on the border. And then he goes, all I need is one image to to make the whole story. As he denied everything else. Why do you think so? How can he not see this blind spot? 
I mean, this is a thing, you know, this is a problem with how news is reported across the board. There's this desire to find this tribal narrative as if, mm. you know, Americans are, are too stupid <laughs> to understand the nuances of a crisis, like what's happening at the border, unless there's a villain that they can hate. Right. And Roger Ailes helped launch Fox News. He was a political operative, a dirty trickster, if you will. The whole reason for Fox News' existence is to do exactly what you just said, Cat. Cat one. I always say that to you like, yeah, when yeah. I leave for work in the morning. I spin a yarn, you know that. Yeah, you do spin those yarns, and you make a mean sweater, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, any thoughts cross your... Straight. He doesn't have a lot to say for a comedian. Yeah, that reporters are, are, are they lazy or is it something biological that they they see an image and they run with it and they're taught they're taught about context but they forget it if it fulfills their cognitive bias. It fits the narrative. Now, now let me remind you guys that Fox News fired fired the uh, 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 fucking what was his title. It was one of the election reporters that called Arizona rightly for Joe Biden. Fox News were the first organization to report that Arizona was called for Joe Biden. Stood behind their decision. The reporter did. Got fired for it. Because it didn't fit the Trump narrative. I mentioned the drone strike and how they ignored that narrative after the fact. But Eric beat me to the punch. And... Uh, I was also going to talk about how uh, this problem's been ignored by the media for a very long time. Every time I hear the estimate of how many illegal immigrants are in the country, it's a. Ele- and you're not even talking. You're not even talking about the. You're not talking about the problem. You're talking about the media. <laughs> what the hell? That doesn't inspire confidence when the gap is 11 million people. <laughs> yes, because that means you could deport theoretically 11 million people and there would either be zero people in the country illegally or 11 million people. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm all messed up from that. Uh, uh, that was some Scott Steiner math. Amazing. It's amazing. How long have you been doing that? Oh, six or seven days. Really? Yeah. You look like you've been doing it for years. I'm a good athlete. You really are. You really are. No, it's amazing. I, 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 it was, I, I, I've been watching that on loop uh, in the hot tub. Cat 2, um, any final thoughts on this very interesting story? Yeah, I did have a thought, and I haven't heard it anywhere else. She has had one thought. Ever. One thought. She had a thought. I haven't said it to anyone else, so why not try it out on the show that millions of people watch? Yes. Um, I was looking at this, and obviously, we only ever talk about this when there is a crisis, and Congress should have already been doing something about this. This is their job. This doesn't happen in a system that's not totally messed up. But I did have a thought, also. I thought that was the thought. No, I have another one. I have two thoughts. (laughs) You lied. For two thoughts. Okay. This thought is, um, do any of these people... They uh, do they want jobs? Mm. We have so many <laughs> open jobs. That's true. I am like, look, I am. If... How are they going to get jobs when you don't want them in the country? Also, to answer your question about Congress doing something, they tried. Even the Bush administration tried to partner with the Democrats. To pass immigration reform. It was specifically the viewers of Fox News who opposed it because they were getting fed xenophobic propaganda 
by your network. Just, you know, there's so many job openings. So I don't want to take them. If Jessica from New Jersey is too good to work at a restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, these people, there's legal ways for refugees to be able to work in this country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people have seen some. Okay, they're not going to call out because their boyfriend broke up with them for the third time. Good point. Restaurants are struggling. There's job openings no one will take. But again, the entire system is too messed up and backlogged to allow that. But why not let some of these people work? No, it's you're talking about fixing a process that makes people who who want to come and work here replace people who aren't working here. Yes, yes. I mean, I would I would vote for that. But you know what? I don't think anybody would want to work at. I lived through the mid-2000s. There was a whole South Park episode. It became a joke. The Tucker Jeebs! Tyrus, as in former WWE superstar Brodus Clay. Somebody better call his mama. I believe he actually wrestles for the NWA now. And not looking that good nowadays, to be honest with you. All right. Another thing that made Republicans' heads explode. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez introduces an amendment to cut the Pentagon budget by 10%. The gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, and a member of post... He's not, he is a champion in the NWA, but he's not the NWA champion. That's uh, uh, Trevor Murdoch. Speaker, I, I rise today to offer Amendment 40 to reduce the Pentagon... He's like the NWA TV champion or some shit. ...during a time when our country is withdrawing from foreign wars... I'm sorry to correct you. And its fallout is, the, is one of the greatest threats that we face. When record levels of unemployment, housing, uh, and health care uh, crises are among us, the United States should be reducing its military spending by at least 10%. Oh, I know my wrestling, sir. The very needs of our community. Yes, yes, Today, yes. The defense authorization by 10% without any need to deny our service members or their families any of the support that they that they need. And in doing so, we can free up to $77 billion to go towards fighting the COVID-19 pandemic and much more. Mr. Speaker, I urge support of this amendment and I reserve the balance of my time. The gentlewoman from New York reserves the balance of her time. Uh, for what purpose... Mr. Gentleman, seek recognition. Mr. Speaker, I'd like to yield myself uh, so much such time as I may consume. I rise in opposition to the bill. The, of course you do. The gentleman's recognized for five minutes. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, this amendment would strip $79 billion out of the bill. That Not enough. Catastrophic effects on our training and readiness. I need to remind y'all, we've been at war for two decades. We've worn out everything we've got. We've got to start replacing... <laughs> <laughs> We got to start feeding the fucking monster that is our defense contractors again. We can't even take a break. And other contaminated items. It would put off construction of new military housing, schools, and child care facility, and the list facilities, and the list goes on. I urge all members to oppose this amendment, and I reserve the balance of my time. Gentleman from Alabama reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, there's a point brought up that um, this could potentially threaten our readiness. And I would counter that uh, it is not the readiness that cutting our defense budget threatens. It is the profit margins of defense contractors. 
In fact, almost every major defense contractor in, here in the United States has had to pay fines or settlements for fraud or misconduct. Yep. All while getting about one trillion dollars yep. in public funding in defense contractors, I, in defense contracts. I have seen this personally in my work on the Oversight Committee, where we have encountered contractor after contra contractor gouging the public and draining our resources. In fact, the $77 billion is not even that hard to find. We spend more than the next 10 countries combined. Obsolete weapons. Weapons like Cold War era bombers and missiles designed. And, and looking at that chart, what we need to take into consideration is that China is like four times our size and landmass, three times our population, something like that. <laughs> and they spend a third of what we spend. About. I'm not good with numbers. Don't hold me to that. Century ...that are completely unsuitable for this one. We could find another $18 billion by simply uh, preventing the end-of-year spending sprees that lead to contract money being shoveled out the door every September. In fact, the Congressional Research Service... Taxpayer money being funneled into these private companies. ...you could set your, your watch to it. Each September, as offices at the Pentagon go on last-minute spending sprees to justify next year... Budget what up, Scrabby? We have increased our military spending year after year, senselessly and needlessly. And now, and now again, during a time when we have ended an almost two-decade war, there is no reason for us to be increasing our military spending and our defense budget when we are not funding child care, health care, housing priorities, and the climate crisis here at home. I do not have faith that this amendment will pass at all. Uh, gentlemen uh, from Alabama is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. This bill does everything the lady just talked about. We are investing in those items that she just talked about, and we are divesting ourselves of those $78 billion worth of, uh, of legacy platforms that will not be useful in the future. And we're applying that money toward those uh, future platforms. In any event, right now, Mr. Speaker, I'd like to yield a minute and a half to my friend and colleague and an outstanding member of the Armed Services Committee, Mr. Desjardins of Tennessee. The General oh, God. For a minute and a half. I thank the ranking member. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I rise today in strong opposition to... Hold on, this is... I want to say he was involved in some kind of fucking, like, a rape scandal or something. Or, or, or he had his mistress have an abortion or some shit like that. ...the POCAN amendment. A 10% cut to this budget will leave America vulnerable to our adversaries. The United States is facing daily threats from China, Iran, Russia, North Korea, and a whole host of other bad actors. We must fully fund our military so that the U.S. has every capability necessary to deter those who wish to do us harm. The fiscal year 2022 National Defense Authorization Act has bipartisan support from the House Armed Services Committee already. With the approved budget on the floor today being $23.9 billion more than the bare-bones budget that originally came through, there's a reason why the improved budget was approved in a bipartisan vote of the committee by an overwhelming 57-2 to 2 margin. Modernization is an important part of our military strategy. Our military leaders have spent the past year sounding the alarm in testimony before Congress that our top competitors, Russia and China, are working at a startling pace to close the gap between themselves and, and the U.S. in areas like... All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there, I knew there was some fucking shit this dude was involved in. Just to point out, like, you know, who the Republican Party really is here.
Sex, abortion, and drugs scandal. In October of 2012, the Huffington Post obtained a transcript of a September 2000 phone conversation in which DeJarlis pressured a mistress to get an abortion. He repeatedly denied that he had taped the conversation. In October, he wrote to supporters on Facebook, the media wrongly reported that I recorded the conversation myself. I was recorded unknowingly and without my consent. Nine days before the general election, a second woman said that she began dating DeJarlis while she was his patient. While she was his patient. She alleged that the two smoked marijuana together and that he prescribed opioids for her while she was at his house. Two weeks after Jarlis won the 2012 election, the Chattanooga Times Free Press obtained a full transcript of his uh, 2001 divorce proceedings. The transcript revealed that he had admitted under oath to at least six sexual relationships with people he came in contact with while chief of staff at Grandview Medical Center in Jasper, Tennessee. Among them were three co-workers, two patients, and a drug representative. The transcript also revealed that his former wife had had two abortions and that Najarlis had admitted under oath that he and his former wife had recorded the phone conversation with the mistress. One of the biggest mistakes I made was I commented to the press before I had the opportunity to go back and read the transcript that was 13, 14 years old, he said in an interview with the Knoxville News Sentinel. It was never my intention to mislead anyone, and had I read this, I don't think the inaccuracies that occurred would have taken place. Three weeks after he won election, DeJarlis said on a conservative talk radio show, WWTN, that God has forgiven me and asked fellow Christians and constituents to consider doing the same. He is still, still serving in Congress from Tennessee. From the party. And, and by the way, he has signed on to abortion bans in Tennessee. That's why he is a raging fucking hypocrite. Gigantic piece of shit. But hey, let's hear what he has to say about cutting the fucking military budget. Fuck off, dude. Modernization. In other areas like hypersonic capabilities, they may have already surpassed us. This budget is absolutely necessary in order to maintain advantages over our enemies as technology continues to evolve and change rapidly. Now is not the time to recklessly cut what we must spend to protect our country and provide for our men and women in uniform. We must ensure our brave men and women in the armed services have every resource necessary to keep the American people safe. I yield back. Gentlemen, yields back. Gentlemen from Alabama. What the fuck else do they need? What the fuck else do they need? is the only federal department that has never passed an audit, despite this requirement being on the books for over 30 years. You know, the, there are folks who, who are supportive of the current levels, the increase in sky... Remember, this is the party that says they want smaller government and they believe in freedom, but yet the, the two places that they won't touch government is out-of-control law enforcement and the military. The two things that impede freedom more than anything levels of defense spending saying we are already meeting all of our needs with this i don't think a single american i don't know a single member of my district that can say that our child care needs are being met in this country that our health care needs are being met that our climate uh, action that is necessary are, is being met our needs are not being met and despite all of this rhetoric, about I wonder why deficit and all this fear about government spending, for some reason, our defense budget seems to be exempt from this conversation.
I know I'm ugly, but shit, man, telling me you lose your appetite because of me, that's kind of that's low. <laughs> and that we ask Americans and, and people in this country year after year to engage in the magical thinking that defense spending comes at no real cost. It does. It comes at the cost of our security. Because when we do not have, and we are not... This is the same party that says they want to cut the budget and the deficit. ...count on child care for our children. It makes us less safe. When we're not able to go to an emergency room or have our health care covered, we are less safe. The degradation and erosion of our social systems here domestically is a threat as well. And it is coming at the cost. I don't like being compared to crack either. I've done crack. It's not fun. The explosion. Into not my thing at all. Of our domestic development here at home. And I reserve my time. General, a policy General, snack. From Alabama is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I would point out that uh, achieving or meeting the objectives that the gentlelady just outlined uh, and defense are not mutually exclusive. Uh, we can do both and should do both. And uh, I would point out that the $3.5 trillion that your side is proposing doesn't spend a dime on defense. Good! Good! Why would we? You're exactly right. The Defense Department's never passed an audit. This bill continues the pressure on them to get that complete. We have had many agencies have passed. Not all have. Continues the pressure! This time I'd like to yield a minute and a half to the ranking member of the Military Personnel Subcommittee and Armed Services Committee, an outstanding leader in our committee, gentleman from uh, Wisconsin, Mr. Gallagher, a minute and a half. I think Should I look up his past? There's probably a sex scandal he was involved in, too. I just don't, I don't know it off the top of my head because I didn't live in Wisconsin. The uh, gentleman from Wisconsin is recognized for a minute and a half. I thank the ranking member. Uh, earlier this year, and I rise in opposition to the amendment, which I think would be very destructive, Earlier this year, the former head of Indo-Pacific Command, Admiral Phil Davids, had warned that the Chinese Communist Party could make a move on Taiwan within the next six years. Within the next six years, we could be facing a crisis unlike anything we've seen in our lifetimes. This assessment was concurred by the chief of Navy. Now, they may very well make a move on Taiwan. That's, that's true. We're going to do an across-the-board 10%. I, I don't know. Taiwan is our ally, but I'd like... Why should we meddle in their affairs? Why would we use that as a reason to, like, get into another war? Oh, my God, like, this whole thing. The ra- the, the saber rattling towards China is just, it's nauseating. ...cut, an indiscriminate across-the-board 10% cut to the Pentagon at a time when we're facing a serious national crisis, I think makes absolutely no sense. The ranking member pointed out the irony and tragedy that the other side is proposing to spend... Who told you not to acknowledge the existence of Taiwan? ...social welfare spending... Was it John Cena? ...explosion in defense spending, when defense spending as a percentage of GDP is still at lows relative to what we spent during the Cold War. Does anyone seriously believe that by releasing a press release or engaging in a security partnership with the Taliban, we've somehow ended a war? Does anyone seriously believe that the struggle against Salafi jihadism is somehow over? Because we've surrendered in that struggle? Absolutely not. And the reason and the irony that defense spending has gone up... You can't see Taiwan! ...cut in real terms to the Reagan defense buildup, it's not because of missiles or ships or bombs. It's because of increasing personnel costs, right? It's health care and retirement costs. So as an empirical matter, what you're arguing is simply not true. And as for spending too much money on defense... 
What costs a lot of money is when you stumble into war on someone else's terms. And the best way to do that is to project weakness. Weakness invites aggression. We can achieve peace only through strength. Gentlemen. Honey, your party fucking has lost every war they've been a part of. What, what are you talking about? Time has expired. Gentleman uh, from Alabama Reserves. Gentleman from New York has recognized. Aww. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, I think uh, what we have just experienced and seen in our last uh, two-decade war is exemplary of the types of waste that goes on, where what we see is a lack of oversight, what we see is runaway military contractor spending with little uh, money laundering. What is going on. And then folks are, are caught surprised on the end that all of this investment seems to not have panned out in the way we, it has not been wasted. So many lives inflicted so much destruction for now, fucking nothing. Is that cost, are these tremendous costs that, that we had laid out earlier? But also, this explosion in, in spending uh, leaves our public health priorities underfunded and, t- and militarizes every problem in our society that, and turns peaceful protesters into targets of weapons at war. I urge support for this amendment. I'm, I'm sure racism exists all over the Gentleman, world. Gentlemen, woman's uh, time has expired. Gentleman from Alabama is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. <clears throat> uh, this amendment guts our bill, which is, I'm certain, the general lady's attention, uh, intention. 10% is gutting your bill? I wish it was more, you asshole. And their families. I strongly urge all members to oppose it. Now, I yield back the balance of my time. Gentlemen, yields back. The pursuant to House Resolution 667, the previous question is ordered on the amendment offered by the gentlewoman from New York. The question is on the amendment. Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed say no. Depending on the chair, the ayes have the amendments not agreed to. Gentlemen from Alabama is recognized. Uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, I'd like to request the yeas and nays. Pursuant to Section 3S of House Resolution 8, the yeas and nays are ordered. Pursuant to Clause 8 of Rule 20, further proceedings on this question are postponed. Are postponed? We don't get the actual vote? I'm assuming it didn't pass. There's no way. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll talk about the continuing resolution to fund the government that the House passed last night. We heard from Crenshaw earlier on the border. This was the vote. 220 to 211. Strictly party lines. But apparently the Senate... Republicans are going to make sure the government shuts down. Well, since 1930, this is Senator Barrasso. So why is it any different this time? Well, it's because of the blowout spending that the Democrats are proposing and doing it without a single Republican vote. Traditionally, you wouldn't vote for anything. You have a bipartisan discussion and ways to get spending under control. With a 50-50 Senate and such a close margin in the House, that's exactly what ought to be happening right now. Instead, the Democrats are moving forward with an incredible spending bill based on Bernie Sanders' socialist budget, and Republicans will not be a rubber stamp for this. This administration just a couple of months ago passed... I mean, of course it's Bernie's budget. He is the Senate Budget Committee chairman. 
with health care and was put onto the debt. Now they're proposing over twice that amount of spending, again, solely on party lines. Yes, because Republicans are not going to vote for anything Democrats propose because they are partisan assholes. In a bipartisan way, we have a large debt in this country. The interest alone on the debt is about $400 billion a year. Senator Rick Scott back here looking really weird. Get you get you somebody that looks uh, looks at you like Senator Rick Scott looks at Senator Barrasso. On your retirement savings and even on your death, everyone will end up paying more. If the Democrats want to go it alone on the spending, they're going to have to go it alone on raising the debt ceiling. But the raising the debt ceiling has to do with what you fucks already spent. You want the United States to default on the shit that you guys spent. Let's get the breakdown from Ryan Grimm on Rising. Passed legislation that will suspend the U.S. debt ceiling into December 2022 and provide the government funding to operate past September 30th. The bill, which was passed along party lines in a vote of 220 to 211, averts a looming government shutdown and it now heads to the Senate, where it is expected to face major opposition. Democrats will need 10 Republican votes for passage in the Senate. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has been clear that... Because, of course, the Republicans are going to filibuster it. ...governing obligation to address the debt ceiling. And according to reports from The Hill this morning, Republican Senators Kevin Kramer and John Kennedy stressed that McConnell isn't bluffing and will refuse to budge on the issue. Democratic strategist, the maestro himself, and Obama administration alum Roger Fisk is here, and former chairwoman of the Nevada State GOP and Republican strategist. Well, Mr. McConnell isn't going to blink at all. Um, Amy, what, what's, what's your read? Uh, at how close to the brink is, is McConnell willing to take this? The last. The Being in McConnell, apparently Trump is trying to get him ousted as the minority leader in the Senate and is also trying to find a primary opponent for him. Now, the weird thing about primary opponent for Mitch McConnell is that he just won re-election. So it is several years before he faces election again, so... I don't even know. Like, the man is insanely old. I doubt he even runs for re-election. Might, if he even makes it that far. The last time uh, Congress did this... Uh, it lopped about a fifth off of the stock market uh, and resulted in a, in a credit downgrade. And it looks like they... For no reason. ...to just, uh, you know, grab that, gra- you know, touch the stove again. Right. And it, this seems to happen almost almost every year. So it, it's unfortunate because a lot of people are used as pawns when this happens. You have federal yep. employees whose paychecks will be stalled. You have national parks that will be closed down if the government is, is shut down. And so it's vital to keep the government open and functioning. You're um, exactly right. Mitch is probably or was the most powerful person in the country. One Republican senator on the record stating that he will vote for it and that's Louisiana Senator Kennedy, but that's due to the disaster relief that is needed because of the hurricane. Um, He does state, though, that he's not happy with the rest of the uh, uh, laundry list of items that the Democrats have coupled uh, keeping the government open with. And that's, I think, where the problem lies with most Republicans is that they would just like to, to see the government open, but they don't like the fact that they're throwing 
spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Well, too bad they don't run the government. Under President Trump, where the government did shut down for a short time, but it was estimated that we lost roughly $1.5 billion per week. So this is very important that we keep things open and running. The, yeah, I would very much so agree. Oh, yeah, it's just a political casual. Key time for some horse trading, and I think McConnell's banking on it's a good moment that we can try to extract some concessions from, from Democrats. Now, a little bit of a, a microdrama was brewing in the House yesterday um, when progressives pushed back on having funding for Israel's Iron Dome um, in, the, in the CR included. Good. I would love to, to get your perspective as an Obama alumni. Um, this, this was a result of a, a communique, an agreement between the Obama administration and Israel in about 20 Oh, my, really? Of continuing a steady level of U.S. support for Iron. Oh, Scrabby, that's bullshit. Are, are, are progressives now... Look into... There are rental assistance. Like, they do it on, like, the city, the county, and the state level. ...agreed to funding. Sure. Well, so, so try to try to check every municipality. And it's wonderful to be here with Amy, and thank you for having me. Um, very briefly to to Amy's points and to the to the larger point, and then I'll get to your specific question. Few things are a more perfect vehicle for posturing and kind of a lot of hollow talk in politics than raising the debt ceiling. And I know everyone currently on the show and everyone watching knows that we are addressing debts already incurred. It's important. Hey, Cricks, glad you're lurking. This is Trump debt that we're obliged to meet. And exactly. I don't think a partisan sense, but I'm saying this is money that's already gone out the door, right? Like this is this is the, the, the this past fiscal year. And unfortunately, people tend to treat it as a legitimate vehicle to posture and position themselves as somehow fiscally responsible when in fact the the, the Because the right pay plays plays and praise on the ignorance of their supporters. People that vote Republican have no goddamn clue how the government works. Has already left the port. This is money that's already gone out the door. Um, to Amy's point and to your specific question very briefly, I think that now you're seeing that each side and kind of the extremes of each side are peeling off certain things. Well, I, I will give you that, Warlord, that the average American doesn't know how the government works, Democrat or Republican. This, which is when the, at least the initial government shutdown happened. Uh, it's because the president wouldn't sign a budget that didn't have wall funding in it. And when it came for uh, the Senate to pass the debt ceiling increase that the House did, it was passed, I believe, 65-28. So also what you're seeing here is the kind of sustained GOP narrative that it's not what's best by way of their oath or what's best by way of their duties to the American people. You they said duty. To torpedo the Biden presidency because it's looked upon as what's best for Trump. Yep, yep, yep. Here in stark contrast to how the Democrats acted when both in the House and in the Senate in 2019, Democrats crossed the aisle to support the president. And on the reconciliation package, real, real quickly. Uh, so la last night, uh, Pramila Jayapal, the chair of the Progressive Caucus, and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi met for almost two hours. Uh, Jayapal told Pelosi, "Look, uh, if love me some Pramila Jayapal budget bill." Uh, this, reckons, this, this, this bipartisan infrastructure bill on Monday without also bringing forward the reconciliation bill, we have the votes to block it. Let's, let's take a listen to what she told Jake Tapper. 
How many members are there of the House Democratic Progressive Caucus? There are 96 members, and over half are, uh, are absolutely committed to uh, making sure we deliver both bills at the same time. So 48... De- Enough to hold it up. ...vote against the House infrastructure bill if it does not come with the budget uh, reconciliation package. Is that more right? More than half, more than half of our members will vote uh, for both bills. And this was the deal, Jake, that came out of the Senate when they passed, when progressive senators passed the... Yes, there was already an agreement in place to vote on both bills at the same time. ...understanding right. and commitment that both bills would move together. And so now we want to make sure that both bills are moving together and we're going to hold to that commitment. And so, yes, half our members, uh, more than half our members, will not move the bipartisan bill without the reconciliation bill being passed. And so, Roger, that's a, that's a bold claim. Uh, we talked earlier on this show uh, about a joint project that The Intercept, The Daily Poster, and The American Prospect did where we tried to get names to attach to that whip list. We came up with six, 16 names that, of people who were publicly willing to say that they were going to do what Jayapal is saying. She's claiming that she has you know, three to four times uh, that number. She says that you know, a number of them are private. They're not ready to go public. Uh, you know, because if you go public, that's a little bit more aggressive toward, toward your leadership or, or toward the centrists in your party. Uh, do you do you buy it? And how do you how do you see this this playing out on Monday when uh, Pelosi is supposed to put onto the floor the bipartisan bill as a result of her deal with? Oh the- yeah, we are coming up on the on the deadline. Shit. Right. It is it is fascinating. Um, one has to think long and hard before they get in. Also, I believe next week Pelosi General Milley is going to be testifying, and we are totally going to watch that. And I think what's going to happen, and to talk first about the Democratic side, but then broader, um, is that the doors are going to get closed. You have this confluence of um, the end of Afghanistan, which I don't think is as bad, both politically and policy-wise, as it's being portrayed. You have the ongoing... Well, even Boris Johnson was like, they did a fantastic job. It was a logistical success. Whatever the Biden administration is going to get done in the first term... DK, you're an idiot. You know nothing about what you're talking about. Millie is not in trouble. Millie didn't do anything wrong. uh, ...by the holidays with some kind of tangible kitchen table win. And Millie can totally hold his own. So it is going to be fun to watch the hearings. Louisiana ...being willing to talk about infrastructure because they're... I'm probably going to stream them live. ...of our neglect right now. So I think there's going to be a larger sober conversation about whether or not Congress itself as an institution can produce anything. And then once they agree that that's required, which I think it is both politically and policy wise and within the context of their duties to the American people, that they will. You're right. Well, I've got a tech coming tomorrow. So hopefully any Internet issues are resolved. Promises and procedural steps. I'm going to have them switch out my. But I think this will get narrowed down to some kind of tangible win that everyone can walk away from and go back to their districts and home states with um, towards the end of the uh, year. The the win is to vote on both bills. Um, I think we all agree government shutdowns are not a good thing. It's a deeply unfair to the American public, to federal workers. But what was interesting about the last uh, government shutdown under President Trump we the Republicans still picked up seats in the midterm. So I'm curious, do you think that government shutdowns still have the sort of power that they used to to scare people out of doing them because of a fear of you're going to lose your seat if you can't keep the government open? 
Well, I think it's a little bit exactly touched on as well as what you just mentioned. I mean, we saw what happened last time the right tried to come for him, and they are going to have the claws out this time. Uh, to the politics of the government shutdown are pretty much numb to it, and they, it's expected. Um, but Roger's correct in stating that both sides... Yes, but I don't have a car. I demanded a tech come out to me. ...constituents um, on what they did and how they did it and if they did it well, um, so that way they can pat themselves on the back. Now, of course, we have midterm elections coming up, and so you're going to see both sides uh, jockeying you know, to make sure... They have totally tried to swift-boat him. Keep the positions that they Car craving. pick up more seats. So you're going to hear rhetoric from both sides in, in this um, topic. And R- Roger, last question. I'm st- Bernie Sanders is confident. Going to go down on Monday. Uh, why wouldn't President Biden and Speaker Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer, for that matter, too, just say, you know what? The entire caucus should vote this down because we want to stay on the two track strategy. Keep the two tracks alive by voting this down and we'll take it up again. And then in the media, it doesn't play like a loss. The debt ceiling and the reconciliation yeah, bill. It's an interesting thing about whether or not the, the the caffeine kind of win for that 48-hour news cycle window. is. Yeah, it is so wild to see them attack Millie. To their oath and to their office. Support the troops, support the troops. No, not like that. Kind of DNA of 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 uh, Schumer and Pelosi are a little bit more sober and a little bit more aligned with the their institutional responsibilities. Yeah, you don't know, DK. You don't know. That because it's digestible and because you're an idiot. It's kind of a sugar high. Um, but in the long run, um, I don't think it. I don't think it's sober and responsible policy. So I'm not going to say here that I think it's impossible that they would do that, but I think it would be unwise. We'll say interesting discussion. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining. Oh, no, no, no. They don't support the troops murdering when it's under Biden, though. If they can use a drone strike to attack Biden, they'll do it. They don't want to cut the military funding. They talk out of both sides of their asses constantly. So the Senate had a hearing about... Election laws. Thank you. And we have a witness telling Ted Cruz what's what to his face. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I want to start with a question for each of the five witnesses. Uh, in your judgment... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I should have... Content warning. We're getting ready to watch Ted Cruz. Voter ID laws racist. Professor Tolson. Thank you for that question. Um, so it depends. One thing we have to stop doing is treating all voter ID laws as the same. Okay, so your answer, I, I, w- I want to move quickly, so it depends is your answer? Yes, it do- that's my answer. Okay. He doesn't want facts. He wants to cut you off. He wants a soundbite that he can play for his dumb fuck followers so he can continue to manipulate them. So what voter ID laws are racist? Apologies, Mr. Cruz, your state of Texas, perhaps? Okay, so you think the entire state of Texas is racist. What about requiring an ID to vote is racist? Um, so I think, sir, that's a pretty reductive. I'm not saying the entire state of Texas is racist. You just but said my state of Texas, so you tell me your voter what about I- the Texas voter oh, ID laws is racist. So the fact that the voter ID law was put into place to diminish the political power of Latinos uh, with racist intent and it, had been found to have racist intent. You're asserting that. Intent, What's your evidence for that? Uh, the, dist- the federal district court that first 
resolve the constitutionality of Texas's voter ID law. Okay, so your view is voter ID laws are racist. How about you, Mr. Yang? Who doesn't? I agree with Professor Tulsa. Voter ID laws can be racist. Okay, that's that's two. Context. Mr. Science? There are some voter ID laws that are racially discriminatory in intent. Yep, the, the courts have ruled such. Fine, you, you say there's some racist with, with a malevolent yeah. intent lurking in the back of their mind. But let's just talk about it as a practical matter. When I go to vote, <laughs> they ask me for my ID. I pull out my ID, I show it to them, I vote. Is that racist? If the law that requires you to do that was motivated by racially discriminatory intent under our Constitution. I still do not understand. When I first started voting, when I was 18, in Kentucky, you would go into your polling place. You would tell them your name and address and maybe birth date. I don't remember exactly because it's been a long time. Smoked a lot of pot. You would tell them your name, address, and birth date. They would look you up in the voter rolls. They would find you, then they would turn around, you would sign your name. Why is an ID needed? Who is going to have that information in order to commit fraud in my name? And that's an awful lot of trouble to go to when you're only going to be able to do it once. If you did want to commit fraud, it is dumb. It is fucking dumb. But hey... Ted Cruz, I'm all. You want to require voter ID? I think you need to, to provide everybody a free of charge ID. And let's talk about automatic registration, too. That intent, I'm okay. asking about the effect. Yes, in effect, I okay. think that Ms. there are Reardon. discriminatory effects from a number of voter ID laws. Okay, thank I'm you. Ready, I'm going to give the witness a chance to answer the question. Go ahead, Mr. Sign. Yes, in effect, I think many voter ID laws are discriminatory. And in design. Mm-hmm. Designed to have that effect. Okay. Ms. Reardon. No, sir. And that's, that's the nefarious part is they can say, well, how is requiring ID racist? Blah, blah, blah. It's a good argument. But when you look, and first of all, fraud is almost non-existent in our elections. But then you design a law where the vast majority of the people who don't have a photo ID are minorities, are older, are poor then you're being discriminatory. Uh, uh, Spakovsky. Uh, no, particularly because every single state that has passed an ID law has put in a provision to provide a free ID to anyone who doesn't have one. Well, yeah, or the courts will strike it down. And I would remind everyone that the current version of the Texas voter ID law for in-person voting, the Obama administration agreed in court in a court filing that they were satisfied with it and that it was not discriminatory. You know, I have to Was it South Carolina or was it North Carolina? One of them got struck down and the courts actually said laser precision. Democratic witnesses invited by the chairman maintained to this committee that voter ID laws can be in many instances and in most instances I think of the various ways they formulate it are racist. So let me tell you who disagrees with that. 35 states across the country disagree with that because 35 states have voter ID laws in effect. But not just 35 states. 81% of voters in America disagree with the radical views proposed by the Democrats and the Democratic witnesses. Not just 81%. Well, yeah, that's why this is such a good issue for you, Fox. Black voters in America support voter ID laws. 78 percent of his. But that does not change the fact that you are specifically targeting. 
a group of low-income Americans support voter ID laws. And yet, what this bill is about is putting radicals in charge of saying, if you require an ID to vote, that is racist and must be struck down. This is all about partisan power. Now, yes, these laws are all about partisan power because Republicans cannot win in fair elections because their policies are incredibly unpopular. So you have to do everything you can to try to win at the margins, to gerrymander, to disenfranchise voters, to purge voter rolls. It's not going to presume that state acts that uh, that a state acts lawfully if it simply returns to pre-COVID voting laws. Ms. Reardon, Mr. Van, Van Spakovsky. What does that tell you if they say after a pandemic, if you go back to the laws that existed before, DOJ is not going to assume that that's okay? Well, what does that tell you about the partisan nature of DOJ? By um, by the by issuing the guidance that they did, it says to me that what they would like to do is make permanent the um, emergency procedures that were um, well. ACAB includes uh, prosecutors litigation by the DNC throughout the throughout the country prior to the 2020 election, and they would like those to be permanent. And so, rather than understand that they are temporary they are going to go after states that design to go back to their original election procedures. Well, and I think they also think Democrats did well under those emergency procedures. And so, yes, I would like to make it easier to vote. And Democrats do do better when it's easier to vote, period. In addition to disagreeing with the vast majority of the American people, the Democratic witnesses and the Democrats here also disagree with the United States Supreme Court. When I was the Solicitor General of Texas, I represented a coalition of states defending Indiana's voter ID law. Uh, Before the U.S. Supreme Court, a group of plaintiffs challenged that. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, by a vote of 6-3, to upheld Indiana's voter ID law. Not only did they do so, Justice John Paul Stevens, one of the lions of the left, wrote the majority opinion where he said voter ID laws protect the integrity of elections. And yet, sadly, too many Democrats today don't want to protect the integrity of elections. And I've got to say there is a view, particularly from Northeastern Democrats, that they look down on the rest of the country as a bunch of bigots and overalls. They're southern cousins who are too oafish to be as enlightened as they are. And I have to say, there's an incredible hypocrisy in that. In that, no, 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 no. I look, I look down on the fucking bigots that drive forty thousand dollar trucks. Some are even uh, small business owners, and uh, you know they they go to the Capitol and they storm it and commit an insurrection. And they tend to be more on the affluent side. That states like Georgia and Mississippi have a higher black voter registration rate than states like Connecticut, the chairman's home state. They have higher black voter turnout rates than states like Connecticut. They have a lower gap between black and white turnout than in states like Senator Blumenthal's Connecticut. And in fact, states like Georgia and Mississippi... Well, I mean, like, I've told this story, like, I went out to dinner in the county one time and I saw an honest-to-God Nazi. 
I'm like, ooh, I think I'm going to stick to my little area of my city where, like, I'm in the I'm in the historic district. Pretty hippie. Pretty progressive over here. I'm I'm with my people. I go out in the county. I, honest to God, saw somebody with the with the with the uh, what the I don't even know what the symbol is. The eagle with the the globe, and they had the iron cross on their arm. And I looked over at Sparkles. I'm like, those are Nazi tattoos, aren't they? And she's like, yes, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much like so much about Republican policy is just trying to stick it to the left. This Breitbart article I keep going back to: the organized left is deliberately putting unvaccinated Trump supporters in an impossible position. I sincerely believe the organized left is doing everything in its power to convince Trump supporters not to get the life-saving Trump vaccine by promoting the vaccine. the fucking mental gymnastics you have to do in order to uphold your cognitive dissonance. Americans voted a higher rate than white voters, and in Texas, they're basically e- equal. Reichsladler. I'd, I'd never heard the actual name for it. Race as follows. If you're a Democrat, you qualify. So under the Democratic view, I'm not Hispanic. Senator Padilla is. If you're a Democrat, you're an Hispanic. My, my abuelo Aruela would be very surprised to discover I wasn't Hispanic. But that's you're Canadian, motherfucker. That's how the radicals in the civil rights division view it. And I will point out as an example, this committee, one federal district judge in the state of Texas. You call yourself Ted and your name is Raphael. Like... You you changed your fucking name. You go by Ted. Oh my god. It's an African American judge nominated by President Trump. Sat at this table, presented superbly. The Democrats had no criticism, and every single Democrat on this committee voted against him. Why? Because they perceived him as a black Republican. He didn't qualify as a black man. Democrats were voting against Judge Pulliam. Do you have one basis to vote against him? Anything you disagree with, none of them had any single answer at all. Fucking video making Ted Cruz look even uglier. It's about ensuring Democrats stay in power. That's cynical, and it's at the expense of democracy and the right of voters. You don't give a shit about democracy. Make it easier to vote, motherfucker. I've got a whole list of things that I've proposed to make it easier to vote. Now, something on the Democrats' agenda that I'm very much in favor of that you would think the right wing will be for, but they're they're not going to be for it, I know. Democrats push to curb presidential powers. Despite all their hand-wringing, they're not going to get on board with this. They want Trump to come back into office and be a goddamn dictator. House Democrats say they will vote on legislation this fall to curb the power of the president in an effort to rein in executive power that they say President Donald Trump flagrantly abused. Legislation expected to be introduced on Tuesday would limit the president's 
pardon power, strengthen laws to ban presidents from receiving gifts or payments from foreign governments, better protect independent agency watchdogs and whistleblowers from firing or retribution, and give Congress better tools to enforce subpoenas. It was, it was written with the input of President Joe Biden's White House and incorporates a previous version that Democrats introduced just before the November election. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the bill is intended to restore checks and balances between Congress and the executive branch so that no president of whatever party can ever assume that he or she has the power to usurp the power of the other branches of government. Yeah, I don't know about the Cruz cult that believes he's the next Jesus. Is Jared Leto in a in a cult? I'm not a fan. I just watched the first I watched both Suicide Squads the day the new one came out. And that was the first time I'd seen his performance as the Joker. And I didn't enjoy it. Like least favorite Joker ever. But that's just me. Some people might have been into it. Is uh, is Jared Leto the lead singer of a band as well? You know, I think I remember that story that they were out. And they didn't even know about COVID. But like, is he the band? Is he the lead singer of the band Thirty Seconds to Mars? Or am I? <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking about the rock. I saw them. Uh. They were the opening act for Muse. And uh, they weren't bad. But I think the thing that tripped me out was that Jared Leto had a, like, this whole get up. Like, with this big ass jacket and shit. And it was, it was June when I saw them in Georgia in a swamp. So I thought it was weird. But hey, uh, apparently that's a musician thing. Fred Durst played Chicago and he had on like a fucking windbreaker and a polo shirt. Uh, When I saw Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor had a fucking hoodie on. Now, it actually was the fall when I saw Nine Inch Nails, but it was burning the fuck up in that building. He took his hoodie off to change guitars and put the hoodie fucking back on and was sweating profusely the entire time he was singing. I'm sorry, I you can get me off topic with wrestling or music really easily. Let's get back to politics. The question every Republican is asking, is Joe Biden brain dead? The best bad boy boyfriend? ICB were wrestlers. They like they ran their own promotion. They might still run their own promotion. I'm not I'm not up on my ICP. We we've got a juggalo in it. Yeah, dip. Yeah, juggalo championship wrestling. And like I'm being buzzed by a plane right now. They've been super cool. Like uh I think it was like Mick Foley and Terry Funk confronted them over using footage and they demanded like payment and, and like ICP was like, yep. Here you go, boom. And they're like they've been super cool to the wrestlers that they worked with. 
I I like the song Down with the Clown. I'm a little upset about, you know, them not knowing how magnets work, but... <laughs> and apparently one of them was kind of homophobic, and then, like, their daughter or something explained it to them. They're like, oh, cool. And then, like, now they fight for gay rights, so... Good guys, ICP. <laughs> I know, I know. I Please remember, like, the very first clip we played on the show tonight was three, four minutes of Joe Biden talking, and he was 100% lucid. But hey, is Joe Biden brain dead? That is the question that is on every right-winger's mind. Here is the evidence. They are going to convince us that he is brain dead. Biden was joined by UK leader Boris Johnson and Australia's Scott Morrison to announce a major new military alliance called AUKUS. Oh, you forgot his name. On what Biden says is his top foreign policy priority, the justification even for his disastrous Afghan pullout, a focus on constraining China. This was a new multi-billion dollar military pact with nuclear submarines, intelligence sharing, troop deployments, the lot. And this is how it went down. Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. That's funny. The Prime Minister of Australia... Um, he's not senile. He is smarter than you are, DK. Definitely. Hands down. Without question. There are three countries in this new alliance. The US, the UK, and Australia. Wasn't the G20... Man doesn't have time to brush his hair. He's got a fucking country to run. We watched Boris Johnson interview yesterday. And, like, I haven't been giving him enough credit or something. Like... He called his own defense secretary general when he couldn't remember his name. I suppose it's better than boy, the term Biden usually reserves for black men who work for him. I wonder what Biden calls his vice president when he forgets who she is, which, let's face it, is a mistake any of us could make since she's totally absent from every single problem she's supposed to be working on. Maybe Biden just calls her the woman next door. You can imagine how he refers to Nancy Pelosi when he forgets her name. Oh, yes, this is totally evidence that Biden is brain dead. We can see just how bad things have gotten for Biden when CNN's Jake Tapper talked this morning about multiple crises of Biden's own making. And even Chuck Todd compared him to Jimmy Carter. Todd asked one of his guests about the mood in the White House. In the Scott Morrison, isn't he the uh, lead singer of the Smiths? One of, um, soldiering on. I mean, they're certainly embattled right now, but this White House has said from the beginning, Joe Biden can chew gum and walk at the same time, and, and all the people around him can do the same. No, he can't. He can't walk or chew gum at separate times, never mind the same time. I'm fucking 38, 39, 37, however fuck old I am. I fall down. It's not funny. I forget names. Incapable man is supposed to be the leader of our country. And because he's incapable. Oh, don't worry. We, there is. You think we're going to watch this and I don't have a story right after this to illustrate how fucking dumb Trump is? Evidently, no one in charge of the runaway train, America itself, even the idea of America, is at risk. This week, I voted for the first... Gallagher likes Trump? No way! California recall. It was such a proud moment for me. It really brought home the significance of the choice I made when I decided to become a citizen and the incredible blessing I received when it happened a few months ago. 
But what is happening to America? You guys wasted like 300 million to get your ass kicked in a recall, you dumb fuck. And that made you proud? That made you proud. Under Biden, it seems that the things America stands for are eroding, collapsing at an astonishing pace. Did you ever imagine that America, whose unimaginably brave soldiers on the beaches of Normandy helped turn back the Nazi tide, whose strength and resolve in the face of the Soviet menace won the Cold War? You've probably got Nazis watching you right now, sir. Families ...to finally live in freedom. Did you ever imagine that this country, our country, America, would scuttle away in the middle of the night from an unwon... Scrap, you correct. ...its allies, its equipment, and its own citizens trapped... It honestly could have been anybody running against Trump. And Trump would have lost. Trump was that deeply unpopular. ...fully complicit in that national humiliation would openly, brazenly brag to every passing journalist that he attempted a coup, undermining the duly elected president. The no, not at all. <laughs> attempted a coup, my ass. That's what Trump did. That is what Trump did. Miley contacted his counterpart, our ally, and assured them that the country was stable and that there would be a peaceful transfer of power despite Trump's attempts. Chain of command and civilian control of the armed forces. This is America, and yet instead of resigning in disgrace... This preening, puffed-up, bloated narcissist, General Milley, is swaggering around like the head of a military hunter in a failed state. What? Did you ever imagine that in America... Well, he, like, this is the problem with right-wingers. They just make this shit up. I'm going to use a bunch of adjectives to show my disdain for this guy and portray it through propaganda. Because my followers are idiots and they will believe anything I say, especially if it backs up their already preconceived biases. America, the land of opportunity, the shining beacon of inspiration to everyone in the world with a dream and desire to work and succeed, free of the stultifying snobbery of the old world's aristocracy and envy and class snobbery that America would be a place where a disgusting, hypocritical, ruling elite preach class warfare while swanning around like Marie Antoinette. Did you ever imagine that America, whose founders prized transparency and accountability in a free press so much they put it in the Constitution as the First Amendment. Did you ever imagine? Says a news organization that attacks other news organizations constantly. Would imperiously issue orders to physically prevent the American people from seeing what's happening at their own country's border. And even with all this... They, they do tours with Mystery Science Theater, don't they? Trail of all, did you ever imagine... That in America, the birthplace of the... Yes, yes. Facebook and Twitter promotes the right-wing propaganda and misinformation. Decentralization of power. That in America... That's how Dan Bongino and Ben Shapiro have such reach. That's how TPUSA has such reach. It is profitable. Do you not realize that you are always taking the side of the fucking rich people, DK? You are always on the side of the fucking oligarchs that run this country. That want to keep you from joining with me to actually make it better for yourself. You're doing this against your own best interest. 
That's why I call you a fucking idiot. Facebook and Twitter most certainly did profit off of right-wing misinformation, of which they are the undeniable purveyors of. The kings of misinformation. Constantly. Seriously, he comes in here and just gets owned every fucking night. It's hilarious. Hands of federal government bureaucrats taking control of how we raise our children, how we build our homes, how we live and work and play, everything run from Washington, D.C. by an unaccountable bureaucratic leviathan on a scale the world has never seen. Yes, that sounds scary to people that don't know what they're fucking talking about. Or even China today. This $3.5 trillion centralization scheme is not just un-American, it is anti-American, and it must be defeated. Everywhere you look. How is it anti-American to invest, invest in our country? It's what we used to do. A strong, effective vaccine in record time. Now Biden's totally screwing it up. Last week, fueling vaccine hesitancy with ludicrous, unscientific gobbledygook about protecting the already vaccinated. This week, it was chaos over boosters. Trump gave... What is he talking about? Biden is fueling vaccine hesitancy. Not Fox News. Collapsing confidence. And much worse to come if their mad plans in Congress go through. And most visibly, of course, Biden is screwing up the border. Trump gave Biden a strong, secure border. In just a few months, it's become a disastrous, desperate... Yes, Biden, or I'm uh, Biden. Bannon did indeed admit to that. Everything Biden... He needs to be uh, arrested again. ...promised competence, but instead brought chaos. Instead of compassion, they've given us cruelty. No principles, just politics. No integrity, just vanity. There's a stench of death about this Biden regime, and the quicker we put it out of its misery, the better. I mean, that was Steve Hilton, obviously one of my new favorite pundits on Fox. Steve Hilton. Just yes, because he's feeding so you the bullshit you want to hear. Asking true, the true question right now, which is. You're, you're hearing from Benny Johnson, who we played the video of, was it last night or the night before, where he called Vitor Belfour a boxer. And he mispronounced his name, calling him Victor Belfort, which sounds like a character from Castlevania. Didn't even know anything about the motherfucker. Is Biden, is Joe Biden mentally capable? Is he have the brain capacity? Oh, apparently uh, Trump had put in a wall-sized video monitor and, like, Biden walks in, I can't remember the exact quote, call him a fucking jackass or something like that. This fucking jackass. Because <laughs> he was playing golf on this fucking wall-sized video monitor. God damn. See, to actually do this job. What kind of world do we live in when the president is mentally un- Stable, doesn't have the cognitive ability to actually function. I wondered that the fucking previous four years. With a bunch of competing special interests inside of the White House and no one actually in charge. A bunch of <laughs> sociopathic leftists and true communists running our White House. Authoritarians who hate you, who hate this country. This motherfucker is a sociopath who does not give a shit about anything and will say anything for a dollar. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Like when I said the previous four years, the previous administration. Trump's lawyers had a law school 101 discussion about explaining to him how the Supreme Court works. And they're bitching about Biden being brain dead. As President Donald Trump realized last year, last year, he had already been president. As President Donald Trump realized last year that he was on the brink of losing re-election, his lawyers had to explain to him that being angry about the result was not enough of a reason to file lawsuits. The conversation took place on November 6th, according to the book, three days after Election Day, and the day before major news outlets and television networks projected Joe Biden as the winner. At one point, the discussion took a more elementary turn as the president's lawyers tried to figure out the best way to explain to him the basics of how the Supreme Court works after he had appointed three judges. What kind of world am I living in where dumb fucks like DK will come in here and defend this motherfucker? He named three justices to the Supreme Court without even knowing how the court works. And I have to wade through the propaganda from right-wingers about how dumb Joe Biden is? Come the fuck on. This is according to Peril by the Washington Post, Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. Trump's lawyers started by telling him it wouldn't be easy to bring cases alleging voter fraud because they need to demonstrate standing. A legal principle stipulating that a party must prove the laws or actions it's challenging have caused it harm or injury in order to even get before a judge. They specified that being upset about the election results did not constitute legal standing. Trump then took a different route. Well, why don't we just get up to the Supreme Court directly? He asked, according to the book. Like, why can't we just go there right away? President's advisors told him that there were a specific legal process to follow to get before the Supreme Court. Trump instructed them to go figure that process out. This is Peril, the Bob Woodward book. What followed was what Woodward and Costa described as a tense, basic law school 101 discussion. The man was president, doesn't understand how our government works. He was elected by people who have no goddamn clue how our government works. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're and he was used by madmen. Actual sociopaths like Mitch McConnell so that they could fucking do the bidding of oligarchs and pass these huge tax cuts and launder as much money from the public coffers into their private hands as they could. Trump said frequently and publicly on the campaign trail that he was banking on the Supreme Court to hand him the election if he lost the Electoral College to Biden. And idiots are talking about Millie pulling a coup. Give me a fucking break. Mitch McConnell taking shots at Trump. This is from the Lexington Herald leader in McConnell's home state. 
Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell believes the Republican Party is moving away from Trumpism. <laughs> Am I saying lawyer wrong? I'm I'm saying it correctly or I? <laughs> lawyer? And if, if you really want to hear my southern accent come out, the Friday Night Freak Show, when I'm sitting here with sparkles, we get super high, and, like, I get even more southern. I've noticed that going back and watching the clips. Like, oh, my God, like, I get more southern when I'm sitting here next to her. Lawyer? L- you're right. They do say Lawyer. But it's it's literally lawyer though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, are you still upset about the sticky weed titties? Now you now you've got me thinking about it. Which is correct, lawyer or lawyer? My L sticks. Where is the fucking... Lawyer. 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 Uh, They're saying lawyer. 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 Call in to fight Sparkles if you want to. She was like, she really wanted to take calls this past week. Cause I like, unlike this show, I'm like, I I'm set up to take calls anytime on the Friday night freak show. Like we have to actually go like the call, the call, the phone lines are open, blah, blah, blah. Because I set it up that way. But like, she's like, I want to take calls. Okay. She wants to talk to the people. Why is your world turned upside down? I I'm confused. What's going on? Also, explain to me what a tea room is on an Australian construction site, please. Somebody answer that. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell believes the Republican Party is moving away from Trumpism and views the former president as a weight on his chances of reclaiming the majority next year. He is correct. That's what I was thinking. It was just a... Oh, because he says lawyer? I... (sighs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm being silly, too. We're in in silly mode now. We're going to get to the fun stuff. Also, this is a story from Peril, the new book by legendary journalist Bob Woodward. The book quotes McConnell calling former President Donald Trump a fading brand retired. OTTB, as they say in Kentucky, off the track thoroughbred. I'd never heard. If that's something they say in Kentucky, that must be the bougie people in Kentucky because I have never heard that phrase. 
There's a clear trend moving, McConnell said, toward a place where the GOP is not dominated by Trump. McConnell added, Fucking up to Donald Trump is not a strategy that works. If that's true, it's not advice being heeded by many Republican candidates who are thus far largely embracing Trumpism and defending the former president at every turn. Well, now, I've been to the Kentucky Derby. When I was in show choir, I performed at the uh, Governor's Derby Breakfast. Yes, yes, I was in show choir. You're correct. A man that was in show choir cannot sing worth a lick and really needs to quit singing on this show. Bush to headline a fundraiser for Cheney after Trump backs foe. So I didn't even think Cheney would run for re-election. She definitely has a primary challenger. Former President George W. Bush will headline a fundraiser next month to top Donald Trump critic Liz Cheney turning her... I, the way I read that, it sounded like he was going to top Liz Cheney. Jazz hands! Yes, indeed. The thing about Hunter Biden's laptop broke a couple days ago, DK, and no, I don't give a shit. It makes no difference whatsoever. The thing is, is right-wingers want to make this, like, discussions about personality and shit. I don't give a fuck about Hunter Biden, dude. It makes no difference in my life. It's just something you think you can win on and distract from us actually talking about the bills that are going through Congress. Fuck off with your Hunter Biden nonsense. Nobody gives a fucking shit. And the fact that you never bring up Eric Trump or Don Jr. or any of their bullshit just shows how biased you are. Fuck all the way off, dude. You're an idiot. I don't understand why you try to come in here and, and make just idiotic points and look stupid constantly. You never know what you're talking about. You just regurgitate shit that you saw on social media from right-wing propaganda. Stealth edited a report. You're listening to right-wing propaganda. You stupid fuck. And it matters not about anything. But you know what? Let me give you a little red meat. I, my next story actually is from right-wing propaganda sites where they interviewed Dick Morris about the chance that Durham's Sussman indictment will lead to a Hillary Clinton indictment. Well, shit. Where's the, where's the uh, audio at? There's actually audio for this. Sometimes, Internet Explorer, 
does not uh, support the audio. Good morning, America. The this embedded media. Here Sunday morning. Well, with us this morning. Because they were involved in government, you stupid fuck. They were advisors to the president. Don Jr. was part of the campaign. He spoke at the RNC. They were part of Trump's money laundering scheme in his fucking organization. You stupid fuck. Why do you continue to embarrass yourself? You don't know what you're talking about. He was on, uh, he definitely is taking prescription uppers. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't, I, I totally think they, they probably give Biden something to pep him up. I mean, when you're Don Jr., people just give you Coke. They want to do Coke with you. Fucking all you got to do is call up my pillow guy. He'll bring it on over. (laughs) From the CIA. Good point. All right, so this is from the Cats Roundtable, whatever the fuck that is. He's one of the smartest strategists I know. He He was Republican. He was a Democrat. He helped Bill Clinton. He helped Donald Trump. And with us this morning is Dick Morris. How are you, Dick Morris? Doing great, John. Uh, what's uh, what's uh, you're on uh, at noontime today between noon and one? And uh, yep. what are you going to be talking about today? Well, it might be that we finally caught up with Hillary. We don't know yet, but uh, I'm, I'm going to probe it, and I think there's, there's some chance now. What happened is that this guy John Durham, who was elected, who was appointed, Bill Clinton absolutely was a Republican, just like Hillary Clinton was. Hillary to investigate the Russia hoax, the meddling scandal, and who perpetrated it, and who did it, and what was the deal. And uh, that obviously is Hillary, because she she orchestrated it. Her campaign paid to that phony dossier that pretended to be the story of Trump collaborating with the Russians. I can't really tell what he's saying. On media campaign issue. And then uh, and then that material was the basis for two years of investigation of Trump and damn near impeachment. Durham just indicted a guy named Sussman. I think Andrew Sussman. Yes. Indicted a guy named Sussman for lying to the FBI in 2017 about something that had nothing to do with the actual start of the investigation, which Durham was tasked with. <laughs> ah, fuck off, Dick Morris. Who was also a gigantic piece of shit. Let's, uh, let's hear Ron DeSantis' love letter to the Constitution. Apparently it was Constitution Day yesterday, or day before yesterday, or some shit. And right-wingers, who have probably never read the fucking Constitution... They just use it as a political symbol. They wrap themselves in the flag. They say they're constitutionalists. They don't actually understand the Constitution. Not a goddamn one of them. But this was his message on Constitution Day. Hello, this is Governor Ron DeSantis wishing everybody a happy Constitution Day. I am sorry that I've been saying his name wrong. I've always been calling him DeSantis, and apparently it's DeSantis. My bad. Sorry, DeSantis. And on this day, it's worth reflecting on how fortunate the United States of America is 
uh, to have inherited a, a strong written constitution. Death sentence. When our country was founded, uh, our country was founded. Having Ron DeSantis as a governor is definitely a death sentence. And the constitution that was framed for many Floridians uh, was designed to protect our pre-existing rights and to create a framework of government uh, that would preserve individual freedom. And that framework has served us well. At the same time, uh, we see a lot of threats uh, in recent... So that Republicans can do everything that they can they can to pass restrictions on voting, restrictions on abortion. ...going extinct. It's not passed along in the bloodstream. When Benjamin Franklin left the Constitutional Convention, uh, which was conducted in secret, he was asked on the street of Philadelphia by somebody, Dr. Franklin... By the way, they would call Benjamin Franklin a libtard, hands down. ...Franklin responded, a republic if you can keep it. They understood you could have an important framework. They understood it was necessary to have a strong framework, but they also understood... And this nationalistic symbolism with the music and the flag and, and the statues, take time it's hollow. How lucky we are, but also take time to reflect on the challenges that are before us. And it's, it's, it's what fucking states like North Korea do that they say they fucking abhor... Oh, we're going to hear from Benny Johnson. I think this is one of his videos. I don't know. A lot of Benny Johnson videos have been showing up in my shit. Yep. His Constitution Day message. Constitution Day. Obviously, the worst day of the year for any left. DK, links are off for you. I'm not watching one of your fucking links. Shut the fuck up, dude. You're an idiot. Dictatorship where they have all of the rights over you, your body, your personal choice, what goes into your body, where you can work who you can live with, what you can say, what you can do online, deplatform you from social media, so on and so forth. I don't know. There are a wide range of accents in Florida. Showing us exactly what it looks like to be a true leader in this country, what it looks like to be a true patriot. In well, curiouser, stick around. We're going to get some Geraldo. I know how much you like Geraldo. As your guide, I can tell you this. I have moved my family to Florida in the last few months and the difference is incredible where did i move from well i moved from where the constitution actually lives in washington dc inside of the national archives the constitution is actually there along with the declaration of independence Geraldo has some legal advice for what what's his name brian laundry to visit that seems to be a archive they want to close down forever and he's just to get his video length up and that is certainly because he's monetized on facebook the postmodernist and extreme. Geraldo is an empty safe. Thank God for Florida. Thank God for Florida, he says. The state everybody makes fun of. He's got some legal advice, and it's kind of funny. That's what I wanted to play. I didn't want to talk about that story again, but goddamn Geraldo had to have a good soundbite. FBI Director Christopher Wray says the FBI's domestic terrorism caseload has exploded since last year. When it comes to sort of homeland-based terrorist threats, we have two buckets, really, that we primarily uh, focus on as the highest priority right now. What we call homegrown violent extremists, which is a reference to people here radicalized by foreign terrorist uh, organizations and ideologies. And then domestic violent extremists who are radicalized more by everything from 
racial animus all the way over to anti-government, anti-authority. Right. Uh, the first bucket. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I'm kind of torn on that one, Scrappy. Like, you shouldn't talk to the cops ever for any reason. But also, like... If she was actually missing, if something happened to her, he should have contacted the authorities, but he probably had a hand in it. Oh my God, nobody gives a shit about Joe Biden's family. Do you know what a red herring fallacy is? DK, DK, do you know what a red herring fallacy is? Allow me to read it for you. You fucking piece of shit. The fallacy consists in diverting attention from the real issue by focusing instead on an issue having only a surface relevance to the first. What you are doing is logically fallacious. That's why you're an idiot. I don't give a shit who reported it. It doesn't matter to us right now. In any way, shape, or form. Nobody gives a shit. We are talking about policy. That's what we do on this show. This is not your show. You're an idiot, and you always say stupid shit, and the chat dunks on you, and we have fun. I don't understand why you keep doing it and proving your ignorance. Matters not to us. We know you guys get a hard-on about bitching about Biden for any fucking reason. But there is plenty to actually criticize him about. His son is not one of them, you dumb fuck. And I do plenty of criticizing of Biden on this show. But you want to act like I'm some partisan hack or that I'm trying to not cover a story. You're a stupid fuck. Really? Why would I give a shit about Hunter Biden? And I've, I've covered fucking Hunter Biden multiple times. I have clips up on YouTube of me covering Hunter Biden. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm nonpartisan. I proudly wear the leftist banner. But I do my best to be as factual as I, as I possibly can. The nigger twister. What? Yeah, fucking get... Are you attracted to Hunter Biden? You've come in here and asked me why I'm still talking about Trump. Who is constantly asserting himself into the... Inserting himself into the political landscape. Ask me why I'm talking about Trump, but you want to bring up Hunter fucking Biden. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ.
Now, one of the real issues facing us as a country is the threat of right-wing terrorism, which comes from, you know, Trump supporters and Boogaloo Boys. When it comes to sort of homeland-based terrorist threats, we have two buckets, really, that we primarily uh, focus on as the highest priority right now. What we call homegrown violent extremists, which is a reference to people here radicalized by foreign terrorist uh, organizations and ideologies. And then domestic violent extremists who are radicalized more by everything from racial animus all the way over to anti-government, anti-authority. Right. Uh, the first bucket, the homegrown violent extremists, has been humming along fairly consistently at about a thousand investigations. The FBI had been warning uh, about few years. the white supremacists uh, for 20 years now. Extremist bucket has been going up quite significantly over the last few years, which is why we're now at 2,700 domestic terrorism investigations. When, if you went back two and a half years ago, we were probably at more about a thousand. So it's been a really significant jump there. We are concerned that with developments in Afghanistan, among other things, that there will be more inspiration to the first bucket as well. So I think we anticipate, unfortunately, growth in both categories as we look ahead over the next couple of years. Oh, yay! Well, that'll be fun! All right, let's... uh... Let's get to Geraldo. Let's see that glorious mustache. Geraldo Rivera, note to Gabby Petito's BF. Hey, Brian. I'll let him say it. On the Gabby Petito case. Yeah, terrible. It's terrible. Do you think Brian Laundry should just turn himself in at this point? I think, I think Brian Laundry should kill himself. Wow. He'd have the dignity to... Okay, I'm going to get, like, TOS'd on Twitch for this. Thanks a lot, Geraldo. Oh, Jesus. Brian Laundry should kill himself. Wow. He'd have the dignity to spare us his absolute bullshit. Just for the family. Just Did he say absolute bullshit? He has to give himself up, right? At this point. Because Geraldo is indeed a pimp. What are you talking about? <laughs> just for the family. Just, should, it's so sad that it's gone to this point. He himself in the Florida swamp. He has to give himself up, right? At this point, just give yourself up. At the very least. If if, if you're still out there, which we think he is. At the very least. I'm fucking harassing my my mods and shit. Feel free to permaban him. I don't give a fuck. Because he's an idiot and he keeps coming in here saying stupid shit. It's every fucking day. Oh, oh, oh. I thought Curiouser was being nice to him. It was like, why'd you ban, or why'd you give him a timeout? No, no, Curiouser wanted the ban. <laughs> yeah, so much for the tolerant left. No, like, I I want my chat to be open. I want to welcome everybody. The the And I like yelling at dumb fucks. I like DK saying stupid shit and me yelling about it. But, like, it, it does get, it takes its toll. It gets it gets annoying and it wears on you because, like, oh, we got to talk about Hunter Biden again? God damn. 
I think that's what that was the aim. <laughs> oh god, so this is this is the neighbors of the laundries in the front yard and you know, I noticed that they got got a new uh, a camper for the back of the pickup and uh, I didn't think anything unusual, you know, they got a new uh, camper so they wanted to uh, put their own touch uh, inside of it. I saw them doing some work um, uh, and um, then when they prepared for their trip I, I saw them loading the camper. Now you're I can't help myself and also like sometimes I do want to address the points that they make. I can't help and I'll, I do ignore it sometimes. But I do like... I'm a fucking troll. I can't not take the bait. It's called the Troll Patrol. <laughs> Talking about Brian and his parents after he returned home. Is that correct? In a different camper? Yes. The, okay. uh, the van is this, is his. Uh, his father has a uh, pickup truck, which they purchased a uh, in-bed camper. Like an attachment and, camper. Uh, so, and then you say yes. that they packed up that camper, Brian and his mom and dad, and they went camping. Do you know that for sure? Uh, we, we saw them, uh, I saw them loading it up. And so I assume- I don't, I don't exactly know why this is relevant. Uh, a camping trip with their they, new camper. They were going for the weekend. Yes. Yeah, so how yeah, long was, after, was, how long it, after it, he got back, um, you know, alone in that white van, um, how long after that was this, when you saw them working on this other camper and getting ready to go away together? Are we insinuating that the parents knew something? Remembers, uh, you know, the week, dates. Week and a half. Yeah, we, uh, prob yeah, probably. I mean, I, I welcome the right-wingers, too. Did, did the police ever talk to you about what you saw, about you saw the parents and Brian working on this new camper and then leaving for a few days? Did they ask you about that? I, I believe that we did give them uh, that information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we they, did tell them that they had gone on a camping trip for three days yes. for the weekend. Did yeah. you think did there was anything unusual yes. about that? Well, uh, to after me... After we knew they were missing, yeah. yeah. After Gabby was missing, yeah, when they came to our house on Saturday night a yeah. week ago and told us they were working a missing persons case. Yeah. Then, and uh, yeah. Also, also, which struck me as odd as I spoke to my wife about is that um, uh, the parents going on a trip, I can see that, but taking their 23-year-old son in a small camper that's on the back of the truck struck us as odd. Well, are they trying to say, like, they've hit him somewhere? Huh. Not with that shit. We have video of a drive-by shooting that happened in Philadelphia. Let's listen to the local news hit here. Deadly drive-by shooting. I'm Yuki Washington. And I'm Jessica Cartelia. This Content warning, but I believe they censor it. Silver Chrysler 300. By shooting. I'm Yuki Washington. And I'm Jessica Cartelia. This is the car police are looking for a silver Chrysler 300. Someone in the back. That's wild. Into a group of people near Broad Street and Chu Avenue on Monday. One man died. Five others were injured. Alicia Roberts has a closer look at the video as friends and family gather to remember the man killed. Alicia. 
Jessica, what is, is that a Chrysler? Images of that Chrysler 300. Police say a gunman. Yeah, they, those are really nice. At least 24 shots into a crowd standing along a sidewalk. And tonight they're hoping that this video. 24 shots. God damn. With a clue about where the suspects described as armed and dangerous may be hiding out. Take a look at the moment a gunman in the back seat of a Chrysler 300 opens fire into a crowd near Broad Street and Chew Avenue on Monday afternoon just after 2 p.m. Kill it had to be some kind of like automatic pistol or some shit. We've stopped the video as shots were fired out of respect for the victims. One day later, friends and family of 26-year-old Stephen Jones spelled out his name in balloons and candles to mark the place where the father of three was killed. He's always a good person. He always had a smile. I don't know shit about guns. Jones tells me her son and niece. My my gun knowledge comes from playing video games. Started flying. So it's very very limited. He had to get pushed out the way. My niece is eight. She had to get pushed out the way. Both children were not hurt, but the brazen drive-by attack in broad daylight happened just one block from Girls High School and is now the second mass shooting near SEPTA's Olney Transportation Center. In February, eight people, including several senior citizens, were shot. Uh. Many are now once again asking what the city is doing. Where is our mayor? Also, I don't play like the first-person shooting sim, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have as deep a gun knowledge. I play action Adventure RPGs. Working to get funding from the Biden administration to address some of the. I'm playing Days Gone right now. And once again, police are asking for your help to find that crisis. My help? I don't live in Philadelphia. Tinted windows and tinted headlamps. Officials are offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in this case. See, that's the kind of shit. It caused Will's mom to send him out there to live with Uncle Phil, so he didn't get messed up in that shit. Ah, fuck, fuck. Um, I meant to tie this into a shooting that happened in Louisville today. Also, a drive-by that happened at a... At like a bus stop for kids. Drive-by shooting at a bus stop in West Louisville kills 16-year-old Eastern High student. We have a news hit on this. The unthinkable unfolds at a school bus stop this morning. A teen who should be in school today will not be there and will never be there again. Three teenagers shot one of them. At, at least it wasn't a school shooting? But remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. I'm killed. And I think it is critical that we act together to make sure that our children are safe and that no child, again, stands at a bus stop and has to face fear like this. This one's a hard one. Um, children are always hard. But um, when it's this senseless and someone's just so, so vulnerable, it's, there's an added level of pain. As police search for a car scene speeding away, shock, grief, and anger from all corners of our community. Everybody's on this stage drying their tears and talking about how sad they are. I don't, I don't like a news report using this kind of music. I 
mad because what we have talked about today is something that we're talking about over and over. I love that dude's beard. I believe he's a city councilman. Sit here with our thumbs up our ass, do nothing different and think we won't be back at this podium. The violence in Louisville today reached a bleak new low. Gunfire erupted at a school bus stop before the sun even came up this morning. A 16-year-old boy is dead, a 13-year-old boy in the hospital, and a 14-year-old girl was grazed by a bullet. People who live in the Weston neighborhood where it happened described a terrifying scene this morning as they tried to help the young victims. My mom was running around the house to get supplies to help this guy. So she got up. This is America. He put, took his hand Guns in my area. Coming through his chest again. So mama put, told him to put this towel on him until, the, until everything comes. And then I heard yelling like, they over here, over here, over here. Police say it was a drive-by shooting and it happened near the intersection of Chestnut and Dr. W.J. Hodge streets around 6.30 this morning. That's where a group of Eastern high school students was waiting for their school bus. The injured boy was rushed to Norton Children's Hospital and is expected to survive. Police say the girl was treated and released. I, you're not safe at malls. You're not safe standing on the street. You're not safe in school. What the fuck is wrong with this country? attention here because people need your help to find the people responsible so they released this surveillance photo this 2019 gray jeep cherokee with illinois plates bd 916 people doing these drive-bys have nice cars what the hell say the people inside are connected to the shooting this morning. FBI Louisville is also looking into this case. The office tweeted this message, quote, our hearts break this morning with the news of the senseless violence targeting children waiting for a school bus. This is unacceptable. The tweet goes on to ask people to report those responsible by calling the number on your screen, 263-6000. You can also call in tips to... You only get three megs? I thought I thought internet in other parts of the world was way better than, than here in the US. I I am sad for you. That's what Warlord keeps talking about moving me to a different country so I don't God damn it, cats! Again! We've got cat vibes going on in here. They are acting wild. They turn my fucking computer monitor. <laughs> that has never... I've been doing this for over a year now. I've never had them, like, assault me during a show before. It has happened twice. Twice during this one. What the hell? guys have an issue I don't know maybe there's maybe there's some other kind of animal outside they start acting wild when that happens especially Smokey he gets really wild oh you can't even see him over there he's next to the curtain that could be it. They want attention. I, uh, if you guys missed me talking about it the last couple of nights, I've been super, super fucking busy the last couple of weeks. 
because uh, I work. Uh, one of my clients is uh, one of the biggest anti-union legal organizations in the country, and they are scared to death of the union push right now. Almost come through your ceiling last night. Guys, calm the fuck down. But yeah, I've been I have been working my fucking ass off making anti-union propaganda. Wait, what? You want attention? So do the cats. The cats apparently want attention. They don't like weed, actually. They are nip heads. They fucking love the nip. But they do not like weed. (laughs) Or maybe they're just, you know, they've always got a contact high. Adam, most of my clients are hard right-wing propaganda. And uh, I think it's better for me to take their money and use it to fund the Troll Patrol than it is to just... Because somebody's going to make it. And they pay me a fucking shit ton. And this specific client did not make me sign an NDA. So whenever I am done taking money from them, I am going to wreck them because I know all their bullshit. But I'm not a class trader. I'm very pro-union. I, there's not a lot of left-wing organizations that hire people like me. They're all right-wing. I make a lot of corporate training videos. Um, I do uh, a lot of podcast editing for, like, marketing podcasts. I, I have to take the flag down. No, there's no conflict. I am taking their money that they would be spending somewhere else, and I am using it to fund my propaganda. I don't. I don't think there's a conflict. Hey, hey, hey! If you if you want me to not take their money, help me get bigger, and I'll do more fucking shows on here and. Until that, like they they support my lifestyle at this moment. They're they're the reasons why I have this nice microphone. I uh, my voice has been on everything from a uh, Republican Supreme Court justices ad here in Alabama uh, to gay porn. I've done audiobooks of gay porn. <laughs> I find that hilarious. And I, I've I've often wondered like if somebody heard my radio ad for the hardcore conservative Supreme Court justice and also has heard me do audiobooks of gay porn, that would be hilarious to me. Yeah, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, and I would rather work for myself and get to have this freedom and do my shit as opposed to going to have to work for a corporation. I mean, is me... Is me working for this anti-union organization, quite possibly the largest in the country, so that should tell you exactly who they are. 
Is it any different than me working for uh, the television station I used to work for, Way 31, which had a right-wing radio host that they brought on as their political analyst? That's what they called him. They didn't call him a far-right nut job when they brought him on. They called him a political analyst and promoting his ideas to people. I mean, I would like to take more left-wing leaning content, but they just, they don't have money. The people with the money that want to hire me, they lean right. Now, not everything I do is right-wing. You know, I, I work for a marketing company that does dental offices. And we have about 12, 15 dentist offices. And I make their ads on Facebook and shit. Uh, I, I, I was editing a podcast. I, I work for a podcasting company that a lot of their shit is right wing propaganda, but not all of it. Like they have like a show about Baywatch, but, uh, I was editing one of their podcasts and they called, uh, John D Rockefeller, a secret socialist. And I about fell out of my fucking chair. I laughed so hard. I okay so I did make some so on one of their videos that they did they were really really unethical in some of the shit that they claimed I did a rewrite on their script and made it far more ethical but they didn't like that at all at all Yeah, yeah, like, I am using their money to fund this kind of propaganda. I To get my message out. And I, f- I feel better about myself doing this than I did working for a local news station. I understand the critique. And believe me, I had a lot of, you know, internal dialogue with myself about it. I've talked with producer Dave about it about whether it's ethical what I do and like they're gonna make the propaganda whether I take their money or not better off that it's me taking their money and then using it to fund this shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what that's what I think but like I I understand the critique I take it to heart and and I've even told people like if, if you think less of me because I do that because I'm very open about the fact that you know I make a lot of right wing propaganda So, but let me tell you, they are scared to death of the union push right now. They have thrown so much money at me the last couple of weeks. It is not even funny. Okay, so like, what if I worked for the Washington Post then? Is me doing this kind of propaganda any different than me being a reporter for the Washington Post? And also, there are... I... 
enjoy knowing what their tactics are. And also, I think that makes me a good authority. Like people like DK come in here and I'm like, hey, they are lying to you. I know they're lying to you because I make their propaganda. I'm just a staff writer at the Washington Post. But I'm still doing the bidding of Jeff Bezos. Now, I will agree that I will probably never go to work for a company that doesn't align with my values. Like, it would be hard to see me going to work for CNN or MSNBC or something like that. Even like as a cameraman or an editor or something. I don't It depends on how much money they threw at me. I would really like some insurance. I'm, I never say never on that because I would really like some insurance because I would really like to get my teeth fixed. Um, I mean, I guess that's, that's fair. Am I writing hit pieces or, but it's still the same. You're still furthering, furthering the ends of Jeff Bezos. Dude, what the fuck? These cats. And yeah, I understand completely that I am for this organization. It is literally hit pieces on unions that I'm doing, but also It helps me be able to illustrate to dumb fucks that I might be able to win over. Like, hey, notice how much money they spend on their propaganda. Like, I can show you how many radio stations they've appeared on in this media blitz. But yeah, the the one video I did for them, and they had this whole salacious thing about a union boss committing sexual assault and shit. I took all that out. Because, like, it was unfounded claims, it was unethical, the way they wrote it. And they didn't like that. That was, oh my god, they got so upset that I did that. (laughs) They put it back in. Uh, But, like, I like knowing what they're doing. I like keeping, you know, enemies close. Let's uh, let's hear from uh, another unethical guy, a man by the name of Bill Gates. He was on with Judy Woodruff the other day. Apparently, he got a little shaken by a question she asked about Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, You know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. I bet you do. Relationships with uh, people he said, you know, would give to Global Health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough. And let's make it clear that these dinners he had with him were after he was convicted. (laughs) Of sexual of rape, of, of trafficking. I can't remember what the charges were in like 2007, 2008. Lance goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were, were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago now. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years. Um, 
and that, in other words, a number- was that one of those Japanese cartoons? What did you do when you found out about his background? Well, and you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners, uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you for? Anyone else? Don't associate with sex traffickers? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. Uh, you know, I, that's that's what I get up every day and focus. Oh, it's one of uh, Eamon's fucking videos. Yes. I think I played the Tim Pool video on here one time. Yeah, that's what you, well, he's dead. This is the dude that did the uh, just hilarious Sam Cedar video about the, the Steven Crowder thing. Very large a brain. Yeah, fuck Bill Gates. My beef with Bill Gates goes way back, though. World-renowned pedophile. That's one way to describe it. Everyone, welcome to my temple. Before we begin things, I would like to personally greet each of you. Michael Bloomberg. Do you greet him by the dick? (laughs) Prince Andrew, you rascal. (laughs) Professor Pinker. (laughs) Fucking Steven Pinker! Donald, of course. And of course, my dear friend, Albert Wesker. <laughs> Albert Wesker, oh my god. That you all could make it. I don't know, I think Wesker is... Dire news. Is, is more ethical than to, to, to associate with a sex trafficker. Now, I know that several of you are planning on running for president, and I'm aware it's no longer cool to be friends with an international human trafficking sex offender, but I do sincerely hope that you all appreciate our friendship more than your ambition. (laughs) Jeffrey, if I may, you know that we love you. I mean, you've done so much for each of us. Without your funding, there wouldn't even be an Umbrella Corporation. Why'd you have to drag Whisker into this? not agree on all of the issues, but we're all powerful people with a shared interest in protecting our positions within society. We're like use the services of a sex trafficker, am I uh, right? Piggyback on that point to say, Jeff, I can guarantee you that if someone is going to betray you, it isn't going to be one of us. We're your best friends, Jeffrey. We love you. Hmm. Ah, uh, you know what? You're right. I love you guys. Now enough serious talk. We came here to party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check this out. Where's Arsenio at? Oh, it's the Trump dance.
Pinker's just spinning in circles over there. <laughs> Snake! Lodicon, I found Epstein. That's exactly who they said. Oh my god, this makes so much sense now. Epstein's the DARPA chief. Also, Konami, I want fucking Metal Gear remakes, goddammit. I will give you so much money. Whoa, 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 we got Hitman too? What? Agent 47? We would never betray you, Jeffrey. Well, Mr. X? That's, I just, I just want the, I want them remade. And apparently, there's, there is, fucking, they got... Ocelot in here too, Jesus. Apparently there is talk that Konami is actually going to let Sony publish them and that Kojima will be involved. But that's just a rumor. Love me some Metal Gear. Glad uh, we've got other Metal Gear fans in here. That was a good video. Oh God! Uh, what is, what is his name? Almond Hawk. Uh, or Amon, Amon Hawk, something like that. Amon Animations on the YouTube. I I fucking love the video where he's got like Tim Pool taking off his beanie and then feeding like a face on the top of his head, a raw hot dog. Ah. An ancient tablet stolen, then acquired by Hobby Lobby, will be returned to Iraq. A 3,500-year-old clay tablet that was looted from an Iraqi museum 30 years ago is headed back to Iraq. Known as the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet, it was acquired by the company Hobby Lobby in 2014 for display in the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., why would one of the, the artifacts that represents a story that the Bible ripped off be an artifact that Hobby Lobby wanted to put in their Museum of the Bible? The return is happening Thursday at the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian. It is part of a group of about 17,000 looted antiquities from the U.S. agreed to return to Iraq. Some of them went back in July. By returning these illegally acquired objects, the authorities here in the United States and in Iraq are allowing the Iraqi people to reconnect with a page in their history. This is according to UNESCO Director General Audrey Azule. All right. Apparently there was an earthquake in Australia. And it was... Caught on camera during a newscast. We're going to see the newscasters reacting live. I believe this happened in Melbourne. It's some, if, if it's too... Um... Oh, I've never had an earthquake in here before. Uh, fucking scary. This is fucking scary. 
Is it an earthquake or a structural thing? I don't know. Let's go. No, it, it, it really was yeah, that was a big one. That's still going. That's still tremoring. Yeah. Yeah, because you can see the flaps moving. But some, if if it's too. Wow. Is it an earthquake or a structural thing? It could be both, actually. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. That was a big one. That's... But, but you're not going. That's still tremoring. Yeah. Victorian earthquakes shake Southeast Australia. An earthquake has hit Victoria, Melbourne, and Australia's southeast. Here's what we know so far. Residents of southeast Australia received a shock on Wednesday morning as an earthquake rippled through Melbourne and regional Victoria, reaching as far as Canberra, Adelaide, and parts of New South Wales. People quickly... I'm sorry if I butchered the names of those towns. People quickly flocked to social media in the aftermath, reporting violent shaking which knocked things from walls and shelves and forced evacuations in Melbourne's CBD. The Earth really wants us dead, it seems. In Spain, they're dealing with a volcanic eruption. And we have some footage of lava seeping into somebody's fucking pool. Does this have sound? Oh, it's music. Wow, I've I've never seen pictures of of lava like this before. So I guess it like cools on the surface and becomes this rock, but yet it's still Fucking red hot underneath. Get us back to that video. Hot tub slide machine. Lava poured into a swimming pool on the island of La Palma in Spain on Monday. Volcano started erupting over the weekend, prompting thousands of evacuations. Officials said no deaths have been reported. (laughs) Honey, the pool's on fire! Right now, as I promised at the beginning of the show, before the end, we are going to see a puppy make a friend. Go away, little deer. Why? Look how adorable it is. Maybe I was wrong about the puppy making a friend. Maybe the puppy isn't too happy about the deer. Tell her to go find her mommy. Say, go find your mommy. <laughs> oh, adorable. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Too many animals are getting COVID. I don't like it. I don't know what to do. 
Oh, but it's cute to see it outside the window, though. You did the right thing taking the video so I could see it. That's for sure. Does she want in? I think she must want in. Oh, my gosh. They're usually not that friendly. Just come up to your door and start knocking. Go home. It is. It's got the wobbly legs. All right, if you are watching on Twitch, you're going to get sent over to Egoplex Media. It is time for the Intellectual Dollar Tree. Producer Dave and HK are going to take real good care of you. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I am Justin Freakin. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.